I'm sitting here flipping through the book and then under the character burning chapter in gold, <laughs> there's a tiny bit of a text in the margin that says character burning in 12 easy steps. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Sunday Skypers. Burning Beards. Welcome to Sunday Skypers, this is Dirk. What we have here is Burning Wheel character creation and the opening scenes of our adventures. For those who want to skip the character creation and get right to the actual play, it starts about an hour and 50-some minutes in. For those of you who are interested in sticking around, we have Wilhelm leading Ketamono, Zerker, and myself through the steps. The character creation for Burning Wheel is rather complex and was spread out over several sessions, which I've edited down and compressed into one session here. Hopefully it's not too mind-numbingly boring, but let's get on with it. So, uh, we're here for some uh, flaming Burn- cog or something like that? <laughs> Burning <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I had the idea to maybe introduce the game and say what it's about, and maybe see if you were into coming up ensemble with um, a setting, a situation, and maybe settle on some character concepts, if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah. Tell us of these, this burning wheel. All right. So uh, the, the conceit, if you will, of the game is to have uh, these characters who are driven by convictions, passions, desires, uh, personal goals, and so forth. As a GM... Uh, it's my job to challenge those beliefs or validate them. And in doing so, we create a kind of um, a series of scenes or drama, so to speak, which will, you know... Uh, Sounds which, like opera. Yes, in a way. It's one of the more amusing systems I've played, uh, not only because it, it's a kind of a traditional slash hippie, dirty hippie game, Fusion, but mainly because of the beliefs. So, uh, you know, people can author something they want to see or they want to, uh, deal with in the game and that tends to create a, uh, uh, a nice buy-in, which I dig. The point of, uh, beliefs, you know, they, they don't appear in a vacuum. That's, that's why we gather together, uh, and come up with a setting and a situation to, mm-hmm. um, write beliefs about. Like, uh, you, uh, John, you'd play Mouse Guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning of Mouse Guard, you have a little scene, like where you meet the watch captain, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you get a mission. That is that is the quick version of, of what I mean to do today. But instead of me handing you a scenario and saying, uh, this is what you're going to do, now write a belief and a goal, uh, I'm saying, all right, let's see what we want to do. What kind of fantasy do we like? What kind of stories would you like to tell or be involved in? And let's let's um, make characters and write beliefs about that situation. What do we you know, what do we feel like playing this time? Well, the, the first question is: so does Burning Wheel have a fixed setting, or is it uh, designed to be generic it, enough that you can plug in any world? It has some uh, in. Implicit settings or styles, I should say, based on the various stocks you have in game. Character stocks, which are basically races. You know, your dwarves, your elves, your men, and your orcs. 
to begin with. All of that suggests a kind of Tolkien-esque thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you can mix and match them or disregard most of them, or you can borrow stuff from a monster burner, like uh, Ratman and Giant Wolves or something like that, to make yeah. um, a completely different animal, right? You you might end up playing Mission Playhouse uh, drama, if you want, or a game Light about... Horror? You know, a game about spirit wolves in the forest trying to, um, I don't know, prevent annihilation of the sacred groves or some such. I mean, there's a, there's a lot you can do. Yeah, or you, you, you can try to reproduce the ring cycle. You could do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so it does have a lot of flexibility. So if you wanted to yeah. do something like uh, Fawford and the Grey Mouser or Elric, you, you could actually create those kind of environments. Sure, sure. Then uh, th- those are, are very, you know, human-centric uh, settings, and then you would, you would disregard a lot of the, uh, you know, elf-dwarf funky stuff, Tolkien-esque stuff, and mm-hmm. focus on the, the men or yeah. humans. Or you inversely, you can turn around and make it all about, you know, dwarfs. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Dwarfs are fun. <laughs> so uh basically uh burning wheel doesn't have a class system or anything like that it's it's uh, a fairly traditional brp like stats skills traits system fairly straightforward it has some quirks when it comes to advancement and getting better at stuff but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it like i said it, having a, a concept a character concept to begin with this is good so you know what you're gunning for when you have a, a whole list of skills to pick from. Also, the life path system uh, helps you funnel the right skills and the right skill points and traits into your concept. We'll get to that later as well. You're not confined to anything other than, you know, you might have a set number of life paths to play with. You know, for, for players new to the game, four is usually the thing. So then you have a born life path and then... Uh, three more things, like you might have a young adult life path and then two adult life paths, and you might end up in your upper 20s. Well, okay, next question. Uh, when, when you say life paths, are, are these kind of like the way it is in Traveler, where more or less it's a skill allocation tree, or is it more like one of your parents uh, has mysteriously disappeared? <laughs> Uh, it's more like uh, you pick a package of skills, traits, uh, resources, um, time passed, that kind of thing. So it's it's a bit like picking careers, you might say. Okay, uh, so, so more in line with a uh, traveler than like, all right. Yes, uh, Bernie Wheel does life paths in a in a, in a um, uh, what's the term? It's a way for you to to, to get what you want out of your concert. So. Uh, you know, you say you want a sneaky, double-dealing thug. So then you might uh, be born in the city, and you might take, I don't know, street thug for a second um, life path, and maybe a burglar, or maybe maybe you'll skip the city and go to to a different setting. This is something interesting in Burning Well. You can skip settings, or rather, you can switch settings to outcast or peasant, or uh, go into the army if you want that, and okay. pick something there. So you can create a character who's um, been in a lot of spheres or circles. Yeah, that's that's fun, and okay. that ties into a different um, set of um, mechanics. But yeah, again, we'll yes. get to that. <laughs>
it's a bit of an, an involved affair. Uh, but happily, uh, at the end of, of it, you'll have characters that you'll enjoy playing. I hope and um, people with history and and desires and um, and nemesis is is nemesis 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 and arch villains. Or maybe you are the arch villains. Extemporious singing. (laughs) You're looking at the dwarves. Good (laughs) day. Oh, you haven't seen their, uh, I think it's called uh, Stentorious Debate. And uh, uh, they don't have drinking, they have drunking. (laughs) It's not how much you can drink, it's how long you you stay conscious. (laughs) No, no, it's how quickly you can get roaring drunk. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about holding your liquor. (laughs) (laughs) It's how long you can hold it off. Uh, There's no such thing as dwarven ninjas, I take it. Uh, you could be a dwarven adventurer. Those, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously you'll have personality quirks like drunking and stentorious debate and so forth, but those are tied to the, the dwarven uh, ideal. But if you're an outcast, uh, the dwarves sort of sneer at you and don't want anything He's to do with you. Out loud! What's wrong with him? Yes. <laughs> are you mute? <laughs> He's a teetotaler. He doesn't drink. <laughs> Am I here? Let me do, let, let me inform you with with a hand sign. <laughs> Dwarves are loud and they're very greedy, and it's all very classic. Uh, they have some some rune casting abilities. Like that's a, a fair bit of fun. I mean, you can cast runes and make predictions, and um, if they come true, you get uh, you know fate and so forth. And we only know one song. Gold, 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 gold. <laughs> Followed by gems, 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 gems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little silver here and there. Uh, yes. Uh, the, the elves are more uh, sort of uh, your, your fantasy supermen. Of course, they're, they suffer debilitating grief all the time. They're super emo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like the dwarves have an emotional attribute called greed, the the elves have grief. So uh, while the dwarves are, you know, unreasonable in their greed, the, the elves are unreasonable in their grief. And of course, the orcs are unreasonable in their hatred. So um, that's all fun. Oh, and the the humans or the men, they get uh, faith, which is uh, kind of unique to the humans. Man, you just spent hours going through this because I'm like reading up on Grudge Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could. <laughs> Let's see. We have a elf arc, etharch, etharch, etharch. You know, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> oh, I could be an attendant. I have etiquette and I ride and brawl. Elvish brawlers. <laughs> Slap fun. Yes, I'm still in six forms of slap fighting. <laughs> as as you can probably deduce, it's good to like zero in on one of these stocks and uh, make a simple game to begin with. Which is which is why we generally sit down and say, okay, what kind of fantasy are we into, and uh, you know, what kind yeah. of game would we like to play? Yeah, a couple ideas. A dwarf who is like looking for a return to return the dwarves to their. Uh, rightful place, as on, in all these worlds, so the dwarves have always fallen from their 
former greatness. Ah. Or maybe some sort of uh, Weasley human beef or con man. <laughs> All right. Then we have at least some kind of implicit setting in there. I mean, um, in the first one, we're talking about a world where dwarves are in fact fallen or, you know, glories are lost and humans would involve some kind of skullduggery, low stationed shenanigans. The non-human uh, uh, types, they, they can be fun because they have a kind of natural magic uh, to them. Dwarves are very, like, uh, grabby, so they, they're good at, at crafting things no matter what. You know, they don't actually have to be very uh, schooled in it. They just have it in their blood. It's a, it's a kind of dwarfy magic. Elves are experts at shaping things with their voices and song. And um, what did orcs do? Things up really good. Oh yes, uh, that, that's right. They, they get stuff like tree pulling and and stuff for free. So um, yeah, anything that involves ruining stuff for everyone else, that's um, yeah. <laughs> that's their thing. Now the thing was with the human. Basically, something you're talking about doing a con man thing, where we're 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 a bunch of uh, outcasts, misfits, whatever, you know, looking for our next mark. It could be a mixed group. That doesn't. If I play that type of character, it doesn't mean everybody has to play into that. Well, it, it could uh, be a mark. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Or a, yeah. a, a wealthy patron. Uh, well, uh, is there a particular like setting or style of, of fantasy that you would like to play? Obviously, if, if you would go with the dwarves, it would be fairly classic. Mm-hmm. Maybe dungeon delving and so forth. If, if you want to go with the men... Um, it could be an urban setting. It could be, you know, you could gallivant about the countryside looking for marks or whatever. Also, mm-hmm. it would be interesting to uh, settle on a general style. Would you like it to be a struggling game or a, a game where you're more, uh, not big damn heroes, but uh, at least, uh, you know, coming by Artha, which is, you know, fake points and so forth, would be fairly easy. I guess yeah. what I'm saying is, is w- would you like a, a really down and dirty, shitty game, like uh, the lowest of the low of the Warhammer setting, or something <sighs> ridiculous, like, I can't come up with anything now, but say your, t- your typical uh, sword and sorcery main character who doesn't really have anything to worry about except for the, the, the abomination at the end of the scenario. I- is there a particular style that you really want to play? Like... Do you want to go with a traditional D&D style, or would you like to go with a, a more high, crazy thing, or, or do you want it to be a low-down, shitty thing? <laughs> or something in between. Or in something between, in between, yeah. fair enough. More rough and tumble, you know. Struggling, pulpy, anything like that? All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes! That's what I want to do! <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Personally, I, I like adventurers, but I think high adventure may not cut it. All right. And Dirk was saying? Say if I was playing the dwarf guy, I mentioned it'd be more on the high side, and if it was the uh, this Weasley thief guy, it'd be more on the low side. All right. Yeah, I can either go uh, either way with, with your suggestion. Either, either, either. Actually, I'm probably playing the exact same character, but with some different nuances to it. <laughs> different height. <laughs> yeah. Um, based on what everyone said, uh, I think the Dwarven Glory is, is the path mm-hmm. that we need to take. All right. 
Mm-hmm. That's fun. I have never played a full dwarf game before, huh? That's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has them have to play dwarf. If they don't. That, that's true. That's true. Yeah, well, yeah, but how long can you get the uh, head hitting the uh, door frame joke? <laughs> <laughs> head hitting the, 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 the door frame? No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's difficult, too. But, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind uh, driving in a dwarf for this. Yeah, I was just looking. I was looking at the different choices here. I'm half tempted to play a, a, a clansman who's also a brewer. He's going looking for those ancient brews that they used to make, the ones that would be, you know make a Lelo dwarf work for hours and end without 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 worrying about stopping for rest or nourishment. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, uh, priming reading this dragon scale? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it seems like we're we're heading towards a direction here. Yes, that is excellent. Mm-hmm. So, uh, implicit setting then, a fairly classic uh, uh, thing with uh, uh, lost dwarven glory. I mean, how how would you like to frame this? Do you want to start uh, with setting up an expedition, or do you want to start with the expedition having found the this lost setting, or how would you like to play it? Well, we could be like we, we, three clans, three clans dwarfs. I don't call them clansmen, but they're clans dwarfs. <laughs> three clansmen who basically have been grassing over their lot in life, and then one of them. Generally, generally, in among dwarves, you don't shift social status. Um, ah. So it would be good to have at least someone with a. I mean, I, I would say Dirk's concept begs for being a, a dwarven prince anyway. But um, at least one, at least one dwarf prince then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but then I mean, his entourage or someone else's entourage could be. I mean, anyone. That's true. I was looking through the. Oh yeah, you actually there is a dwarf prince as a character, as a clan, as a as a character, as a life path. Yes. And you can be a host or an outcast. <laughs> Baleful stare. I stare. Really good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see that. A call on for intimidation or interrogation. He just gives you that look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just. This arched eyebrow. <laughs> I found that I found that the traits is often the big hook for getting people interested in this game. <laughs> yeah. It's usually the same, you know. You give them the character burden and they they go looking. <gasps> Where there's a whip, there's a way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Where there's a whip, there's a way. Can you uh, provide me with the little? Um Structure here, how to go through all this uh, mass of okay. options and choices. And S- <laughs> simple idea about this uh, Life Path browser, just to give you an idea, I'm going to help you through creation in a minute, is you always start with a born Life Path. So you pick, like, uh, Clansman, Gilder, Artificer, whatever, uh, and then you pick the born Life Path, uh, which maybe in Dirk's case would be born Noble. Uh, and then you look over the Life Paths, and you uh, consider the skills and the traits and the the points you get, uh, like resources, uh, which allows you to buy stuff, mm-hmm. armor, whatever, uh, but also uh, holdings like uh, a palace, 
you keep an eye, keep a little track about on the the combined years like um you might end up with someone who's 80 or 40 or whatever that will that will um affect the uh, stat points you'll have so if you're very old uh, you'll likely not have as many physical uh, points as someone who's uh, young and spry and let's see well so leads you see leads all the way to the right that means that if you have taken a specific life path, a specific life path like say born noble you don't have to continue being in the noble setting you can go to gilder or artificer and go from there if if there's a life path there that you prefer or uh would like to go with like you could have been a, you could could have been born a noble but maybe you feel a, a calling towards uh, crafting, and then you go there. Of course, then you have to keep an eye on what requirements you might have. Like, uh, for instance, Artificer requires Tyro or Craftsman, so you need to have that uh, life path before you can pick Artificer. What else? I, I guess I'll just hang back and wait for questions. Uh, also, uh, perhaps we should settle on a finite number of life paths, like I mentioned earlier. Usually it's yeah. more, uh, sometimes when you're playing with life paths outside of, uh, men, it might be good to let you have five, because they have different requirements. So, four or five life paths all told would be nice. Well, the other question is, do you have to branch off from your last, last life path choice, or do you branch off from any of them? Last choice. Last Think choice. of it as okay. a timeline. You, you know, you go from, yeah. from born to somewhere else and then from there to that. Yeah. But of course, the requirements from, like, if you, if you got born noble from, from, uh, born noble or a trait from somewhere earlier, then you have that providing you, you know, you, you can assume you bought it. This is more or less a, a, a way for you to line up, uh, the pa- life paths you want and then all the points you have and then you get to pick the skills you want from that, uh, the traits you want. Oh, I should say, I should have said this before, uh, the first skill you see on a life path is something you have to take, and the first trait on the life path is something you have to take. So if you take Ardent, you must take Humility as a trait, and you must also open Fire Building as a skill. Well, what does it cost to buy a skill, basically? Uh, to open a skill uh, is one point, and... And when you open a skill, then you get a basic value, which is half of what it's based, like, say, fire building is based on perception. So if you have a perception of four, you start your skill at two. And that means you roll two dice, six-sided dice, whenever you want to accomplish something. And, and it's a mm-hmm. 50-50 shot of, of getting a success on either die. So at most, you can, you can squeeze out two successes with a skill like that, which is fairly low. But then at least you have opened it. And then it's a one-for-one one point to increase it if you need to, or if you want to. And notice it has uh, forks. What does forks do for you? Forks? Oh, 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 okay. You're looking at the description of, okay, forking is fields of related knowledge. If you have a skill like, say, first aid, and you also happen to have a skill like sewing, you can uh, fork sewing into your first aid to sew a wound shot. Uh, that allows you to borrow ah. a die from uh, from sewing. See, so I'm starting out. So my character basically is he's, my life path is Miller, okay. then Brewer. Oh, where were you born? Uh where was I born? I don't know. Where 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 were they? Where were you born? <laughs> uh, the top of the list has a born life path. So born clansman, born gilder, born artificer, or ah. born noble. I, <laughs> 
Okay, so I see. So I go there. I can be a guild. Okay, so it's guilder. So I then can be an apprentice, which sends me back to clansmen, and then I'd be a miller, and then I'd be a brewer, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll round it out with being a uh, foot soldier. There we go. Okay, that, now now it makes sense. So I was going on. All right. So uh, how many life paths are those? That's five. Born clansman, became an apprentice. Apprentice is a miller, then became a brewer, and then became a foot soldier. Sounds good. And then you add up the years, right? So that means... uh... Yes, you do. And for every time you skip uh, or or hop between settings, you add another year, which Uh. is going to be dwindlingly insignificant to you, since you get like 20 and 30 and 40 years every every time you... (laughs) 115 years old, plus... One, two, three years. 118, 118 years old. All right. <laughs> so let's see where that puts you on the old young scale. <laughs> well, a long beard is 100 years old, so I have a feeling that I'm probably not that old. No, I mean, uh, the list goes all the way to 600, so... Um, yeah, I'm a youngster. You're not crazy, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that gives you nine mental points and 16 physical points. Oh, you can write that down to yeah. the side. And then among your life paths, you might have noticed that you've got the plus P plus M or plus P slash M. Yep, I see that. Yeah, that means you get to add those points to the, to the respective pools. And if you if you get a P slash M, then you get to decide which you want. And it's generally advised in the beginning to to get fairly level uh, stats. It will yeah. it will result in, in in more even skills, so on and so forth. I should give you the stats if you don't have them already somewhere in the PDF or elsewhere. Well, perception, power, which are probably mental, and then forte, agility, speed, or which ones are which? You have two mental uh, tra- mental stats. That's that's will and perception. And the rest are all physical. And the rest are physical. Yes, power is oh. is physical power. Uh, fort is. Your uh, tolerance, agility is your large, uh, no, agility is actually pers- uh, like precision, and speed is your body control. So this basically put is putting numbers in the current exponent. exponent. Oh, exponent. Ah. <laughs> you have a skill Thank you. exponent. <laughs> Right. Burning Wheel delights in creating new new terms for everything just to get you out of old habits, I guess. So it's not a role, it's a test. <laughs> it's a test of your beliefs or faith or whatever. There's <laughs> the difference between, between brewing and the dwarven art of Nogger. Obstacles. Two, revered sacred and most sacred secret ritual of preparing the grain. Sanctifying the distillery in preparation for the most holy <laughs> and brewing the nectar of the gods. I. <laughs> what do these obstacles mean? Obstacles are examples for uh, difficulty. They're like target numbers in PTQ. Uh, they represent the, um, the sum of successes you need okay. to successfully make something like a manual milling that requires you to produce three successes with your dice to be able to do. I'm probably going to let you fix uh, like resources via email or some such because it's a uh, it's a bit 
much on text. It's a bit heavy on text, and uh, it would be a whole lot of typing now. Part of the resources fun is is um, tallying up your resources and seeing what you can buy, and seeing if you can you know buy a shoddy version of the thing you want to make ends meet. So I may just type it up in emails to you, and you know you can get at it whenever. Okay, so I think I've got my skills worked out. So then I do traits. Same basic idea. You you have to open the first one, and if you see doubles, then you go to the next one. And uh, if you have any points left and you don't want to open any more, you go to general traits or. You can, do you put more than one if you want to make to be really odd or the really be really likable? <laughs> How do you mean? Uh, are, there, are there like skills in that? No, tra- traits is a is like it's a trait. You have it or you don't. Right. It's it's that simple. Uh, and traits you get from your life paths always cost you one point. If you find the same trait under a general trait list, you might find that it costs you seven or or five or a whole heap of trait points to open if you didn't wouldn't have it under your life paths. Okay, so like if you have a life path that has two trait points and two traits, well basically you just have those two traits. Uh, you don't have to take the second one. Uh, you are obligated to take the first one, but uh, the second one is completely optional. So, yeah, but what can you spend another point on? Go general to traits? general traits under oh, okay. lists. Oh, okay. Well, uh, is that true of skills as well? Because I thought... No, no. You can only use your general skill points to open general skills. All right. That is the difference. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just did a... Character dump to the chat window for oh. your for your review to see All if right. I've totally botched it or not. I'll have a look. So it's uh, Born Gilder is Guild, Word Bearer is Guild. Then we switch to Dwarven Host, and then we stay in Host for, for Banner Bearer, Axe Bearer, and Greybeard. Okay. Why am a Greybeard at sixty nine? We don't know. Evidently, they uh, said, "Well, you did well in the war." Yeah. <laughs> you know, old soldiers, twenty six. the general idea is i I wanted to have a a fairly broad skill set but not a particularly deep one Mm. but uh, i figure his renown came in during the the military training part of his career yes Ooh, resigned to death what's not i have to check that one well it's uh something axe bearers get you're, oh, banner! No, banner bearer. Banner bearer. There you go. Oh, right. Of course, it's the the equivalent of a banner man. Of course, he expects to be cut down because everyone wants the banner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so what? But I, I, I figured it, uh, the way my character's development was, you know, bo- born in the guild, basically became a runner uh, for the guild, mm. and then decided that all this running uh, stuff was for for the dogs. So. Joined the military and I said, "Hey, says, you need to hold this banner. <laughs> okay. The enemy will find you that way." <laughs> Resigned to death. That is a call-on trait. This character realizes that he is going to die and has accepted that fact. This trait acts as a call-on for steel tests in which the character rightly assumes he is going to die. The cause is hopeless. He's badly wounded. Everyone else is dead, etc. So it's basically a way for you to keep on fighting uh, and not. Fall to your knees and beg for your life, or or pee your pants, or run away. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with chuffing yet. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the thing about character traits is it, it p- p- 
part, partly it's to uh, define character, and partly it's to give you an option to earn uh, Artha, which is the fate or Benny's. If you can finagle in a trait to t- give the game a new direction that it wouldn't have otherwise have taken, then that is worthy of a fate point. So if I could chuff the elven princess, I'm good. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> okay, now I have one called Oddly Likeable, and it says yes. it's a die trait. I'm assuming that's dice, not I have to die to use it. Exactly. It, it changes the rules somewhat, and I'm going to look it up. Okay, it's just mislabeled. It's a character trait. Oh, okay. Well, we can be Oddly Likeable. Yes. There's something only likable and charming about you. <laughs> question then, so is accustomed to the dark a die trait? Uh, all right, let's go to the dwarven life path traits, if you want to know what those are. Yeah, because we've got a bunch of them. Accustomed to the dark means that you don't suffer any penalty for twilight, starlight, candlelight, lamplight, or torchlight. But you do suffer from complete darkness as anyone else does. Okay. Bearded, yeah, it says a dwarf's beard is a sign of rank and maturity. No male dwarf Mm -hmm. dare go about with a bald face. It's a character trait. Right. Greed is a die trait and, uh, and gives you the greed emotional attribute. Deep in the heart of every dwarf lies a terrible seed, a lust for wealth and beauty. Some dwarves master it, others succumb. It's a powerful emotion that drives many a dwarf from his comfortable life and compels him to zealously create works of inestimable craft or perform terrible acts. Oath sworn. All dwarves have stern values hammered into their skulls from a very early age. In fact, dwarven society is a complex and interlocking network of promises and traditions. The most prime among them is honor the oath. Uh, to break an oath is to break tradition and has seen dwarves through many dark ages. Well, that has seen dwarves through many dark ages. He goes, it is a terrible crime and no one easily, no one is easily forgiven or f- Nothing is equally forgiven or forgotten. You start the game with an additional fourth belief. Interesting. Uh, Does that mean I have three? (laughs) (laughs) Four, in fact. This belief must come in the form of an oath. Okay, Uh, you know, uh, for example, I owe Bury a debt of honor, or I swore to recover the crown for my brother, or my father's last words were to rule wisely. This I swore, and so on and so forth. I vow to never... Go near the beer again. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's just absolutely to be challenged. <laughs> and shaped from earth and stone is the die kit. It allows you to use the, the various dwarven special skills like uh, black, black metal artifice and. Right. Oh, yes. yeah. uh, stout. Dwarfs are, are smaller than men in stature, but they tend to be a bit thicker around the middle with broader hands, feet, and arms. Though tough and doughty, dwarves. Dwarfs with stout frames also hinder them slightly. Uh, this means that your, your speed is capped, but you're tougher. Tough means uh, that you round up when you factor their mortal wound. So you're you're harder to kill than usual. And that should be it. Now, I, I noticed that meticulous is listed this is with the general traits. It's listed as a call-on trait. Let me check it here. It says the same. Colon uh, is uh, a trait that allows you to uh, re-roll or make ties. If you have rolled, say that uh, you have a a colon trait that says you're speedy, and you just, uh, you you engage in a foot race and you come out equal with your opponent. He doesn't have the speedy colon trait, you do. So then you can call on your trait to say, I win. 
I break tie. Or if you're really shitty on a speedy runny test and you have the speedy trait, then uh, you can re-roll that once. The meticulous character is neat and organized to the point of obsessiveness. All non-physical martial arts skill tests take the maximum time required. (laughs) 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 The trait may be used as a call-on for one academic, craftsman, artisan, or military skill of the player's choosing. For dwarven Uh, characters, the skill must relate to the character's greed idiom. Uh, And you're going to get to pick that in a little while. Yes, Uh, your idiom, your your greed idiom. Uh, Let's see. What's your pleasure? Uh, Choose three of the four categories. Riches, physical beauty, craftsmanship, and power. Oh, craftsmanship. Yeah, totally craftsmanship. (laughs) But you, uh, yeah. I mean, you get three of the four, but but, yeah, totally. Three of the four? Oh, okay. So yeah, it's a colon for one academic craftsman, artisan, or military skill you're choosing. Perfect brew. <laughs> He's so completely ridiculous. It takes hours and hours for him to brew his stuff. <laughs> no. Weeps. <laughs> I mean, I'm going down to the barrels and doing a little big chicken, chicken, the, the specific gravity, and taking a taste and going, mmm... Nah, you need a wee bit more of some spruce to make it a little bit better. Spruce. <laughs> <laughs> what we've done so far has been fairly traditional, you know, because yeah. we haven't gotten into the beliefs and all that stuff. Yeah, right. I suppose for any uh, hippie-type gaming, this has been pretty, pretty yes. crunchy <laughs> traditional. Actually, yeah. more crunchy than normal. <laughs> The, the hippie bits. Yeah, there's a lot of traditional games that don't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From my experience, the the, <laughs> the, the beliefs are going to be the one where it's going to start getting the hippie, the hippie long hair stuff. Uh, yeah, the hippie long hair stuff will happen in play. Uh, it's been called an indie game, but Luke keeps saying uh, it's pretty trad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I'm going to have to rethink this thing, because it took me six leaps to get to Dangerous <laughs> Cook. Dangerous Cook? <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what on earth what, is that? <laughs> that's uh, Born Gilder, Word Bearer, Banner Bearer, Axe Bearer, Greybeard, and Kyrgyz? Oh, Okay. Chirogenoid, yeah. Good <laughs> word for surgery. <laughs> yes. I see. You get cooking there. Okay. Now I'm with you. <laughs> but you had to fight your way to get to cooking. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, thought if you just want cooking, you could spend a general point to open cooking. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's such cop out. <laughs> Spends 200 years fighting and scrapping to become a cook, and this young guy just takes it up. <laughs> that is brilliant. See the scar here? Carrots. That's how I got that scar. <laughs> so, did you see that I gave Flint a character trait from Burning Wheel Gold? I may have, but that doesn't mean I remember it. All right, it's swaggering. It's a character trait that you get from Axe Bearer, from Host, in oh. gold. And I thought, and that, and that's a freebie? or Yes, I'm... it's a freebie because you get one trait point, and you only have one trait um, in the life path, and you have to buy it. So, yes. Swaggering. Okay. Yes. 
update my text file here. Buggering. <laughs> John. John. Yatham. Yatham. From Bernie Gold's foot soldier, which you may have spotted already, you get salt of the earth. For the humblest, oh. it's the noblest of them all. Ah. Uh, you look at tell you. Is that a character trait? That is a character trait. And Dirk, in the event that you missed it, you get a um, a noble-specific trait from Burning Hill Gold, which is something you really should have had, which echoes uh, the, the nobility from the human life paths, which is... Vergar. It's a Vergar. Yeah, brain fart. Vergar. If you want to do the Swedish version. Uh, the original mythic dwarves, okay? Uh, so dwarven nobility, they all, they all claim to be from this old strain, or whatever. And that means you get affiliation and reputation among dwarven nobility. Actually, among all dwarves, as nobility. That's what it says. <laughs> so it, it actually says you are a noble. That means you have more pull with nobles and uh, dwarves in general because you're a noble. Um, it's a die trait. And, oh, right, uh, you suffer a one of uh, uh, plus one obstacle to all inconspicuous tests among dwarves, meaning, I don't know what it is, maybe... Uh, it's the nose. He's yeah, the noble profile on a voice of that the dwarf. Beard. Something about the beard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the beard, okay, it's it's, it's the noble beard. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, having looked through the book, uh, I realized that starting on page 121 of the same number of your book, there's a whole section on... Dwarven greed, which is one of my traits. I mean, it's like it's like one, two, three, four pages on just that one trait, greed. Yeah, we'll get to it soon. <laughs> They're serious about the greed, aren't they? That is that is one of the driving factors. Mm-hmm. It's it's meant to to it's the worst. It's meant to be a foil to your uh, very hardline traditionalist outlook and society. Ah, uh, I mean it. it Okay. I was going to say indelible stain, but foil sounds more elegant. <laughs> <laughs> There's this beautiful little rule, right, called She's Magnificent. And ah, yes, I saw that. Yes. When you come into the presence of something awe-inspiring, which, you know, corresponds to your um, your greed idiom, which uh, is three of the four riches, physical beauty, craftsmanship, and power, so if you mm. come into the presence of a, of a richly adorned dwarven hall, right, you have to make a little steel test, which is a nerve. Mm. And if you fail, well, you can choose to either stand and rule, or you can invoke the I must have it rule. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 yeah, you can either be gobsmacked, or you can be, uh, or you, you can be busy. Purchase a steel barter or kill for the object, person, place, or idea in question. <laughs> I can see how that works, you know, it's like a gold throne that's like 10 foot wide and 15 foot tall. It's just, I must have it. <laughs> what are you and going so, to do with it? And since I took craftsmanship, everything that's dwarven made, it might, might actually come under, under my, under, under my, under, under my, uh, gentle, uh, artifice. <laughs> I think it would make sense to either make it that, or you're so tired of it that it's not. <laughs> you make it all day. Yeah. I mean, but it's more fun to, you know, yeah. be obsessed with it. And considering you're the fucking Hephaestus of, of, uh, <laughs> of the mountain, I mean, I just, let's see, you have armor, black metal, artifice, brewer, nogger, carpentry, miller, and cooper. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's the dwarven MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> 
way. If, if I can't make it, it can't be made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hit it with my axe. <laughs> because of, because, per, per, yeah, let me try again. I hate Laddie, but because of maintenance, only works if you know how to do it right. <laughs> terrible as you guys probably do call me Laddie. I'm only six, <laughs> uh, something like that years old. Hi, <laughs> lad. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Uh, so, should we clean up the skills a bit? The first point gives you half the base attribute, and then the other points just increase from there, right? Yes. Now, if the if it has a you know like a will slash perception as the base attribute, is it the average of those? Average rounded down. Okay. First of all, I'm going to use some, some uh, little bits and bobs for for surviving and so on. Uh, and John can check this out in his book as well on page ninety. We're foregoing stats for attributes, and attributes are stuff like your mortal wound, your reflexes, your health and steel, and all that fun stuff. Then that means you're going to have to answer questions, which is really fun. Hmm. But let's make the little computations first and go to, say, mortal wound. Okay? Yep. And that is the result of your power and four to round it down, plus six. Oh. And since you are dwarves and tough, that means you don't round down. You uh, round up. Oh. But it's an even number. I feel so cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you're still in character creation. You can still finagle it. No. There's actually having all fours and fives made character generation a lot easier. So, yeah, mine actually comes out, I, I get a nine, which would normally would be a four, but actually rounds up to a five. Yeah. So, where did I, where, okay, I'm looking at this. You got the plus six. Yes. Oh, plus six, so. Eleven. Eleven. So your mortal wound is a B11. I presume Dirk is finished with that as well? Yes. Twelve. Excellent. Twelve. Ah, oh, that's a tough dwarf. Stalwart. <laughs> that's a tough, tough dwarf. <laughs> Okay, now reflexes. And that is the average of uh, your exponents for perception, agility, and speed. This time it's rounded down. Perception, agility, and speed. Okay. Perception, agility, and speed. Look before you leave. Yeah, yeah. 16. Oh, I got reflexes of 8. That doesn't no work. <laughs> <laughs> it's the average. Oh, average. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rounded down. <laughs> Sorry. I wonder. <laughs> so, it's five. My reflex is a five. And that's a B5, right? Wow, you have an average... Well, maybe you do, actually. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah, dwarfs, that's why. I'm starting to feel like the, like the sidekick. Should <laughs> <laughs> be wearing the dwarven equivalent of tights. <laughs> Lad. Don't worry, you're, little, you're pretty little, you're pretty little head. <laughs> uh, and the starting health is the average of will and fort. Round it down. Now, certain things will modify this value, such as being an, a dwarf. That means you have an extra point. So it gives me a five. <laughs> now, you have some questions to answer, and these are fun. So, does the character live in squalor and filth? No. no. Anyone? No. <laughs> you no. sure? I'm a brewer. No. <laughs> is the character frail or sickly? You don't have any no. fail or sickly traits, really. So, no. no. Was the character ever severely wounded in the past? Ooh. You don't have any traits like that, do you? No. No? no. Then, that's a no. 
Uh, has the character ever been tortured and, and enslaved? Not really, is it? No. God forbid. I, I have to say, you're cheaty dwarves. I mean, uh, <laughs> most humans would have had at least two of these by now. <laughs> now, and, and you I, wonder why we look up? No, no, look down <laughs> on the uh, uh, humans. <laughs> They're slightly above the rats, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're big rodents. Um, is the character athletic and active? Of course. Yeah. yeah? Is that really true? Do you have the trait yeah. for it? Well, uh, I'm just, w- you're just, a warrior. Yeah. You're stout and tough. And, yeah. uh, okay, fair enough. Then you add one point. All right. And finally, does the character live in a really clean and happy place, like the hills in The Sound of Music? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually... <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm a bre- no, I'm a brewer. If I if things get dirty around me, I put up bad brew. I have to keep things clean. <laughs> but yeah, but, but you're still a subterranean kind of guy for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think you're getting enough vitamin D. All right, well, that's that's what we get. That's what I make the beer for. Beer's full of vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> vitamin dwarf. <laughs> All right, so you should have your starting average plus two then, which is a Painlessly high value. Six. <laughs> Eight. Wow. Next is steel. Yes. That's probably one reason why the humans don't like us. Because we're just so damn full of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And beer. So we start at B3 for steel. Uh, one, one tiny little bit for, for uh, health. Uh, let's see. Now wait, you don't have enough yes answers. You could have shade shifted it to gray, but... Uh, you need a whole lot of points for that. So never mind. We're not Steve. fitness instructor. instructor. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Your base starting steel, and these are your nerves, is a B3. Uh, and you get to answer questions, yes or no, same as before. To determine if, uh, well, you're a little hardier than the rest, or, or steelier than the rest. So, has the character taken a conscript, soldier, bandit, squire, or knight-type life path? I believe that's true for all of you. Yep. That's a yes. So that's a B4 yeah. of them. And I believe you have never been severely wounded. Yeah, we never killed anyone or murdered anyone with our hands. Ah, uh, has the character ever murdered or killed anyone with their own, his own hand? Has he done so more once? Yeah, I expect so. Uh, I, I would more think one. as a soldier that... Yeah, I'm sure we've all killed something. Several times. <laughs> so that puts us at five. It gives me another plus one, so we're plus two so far. And you've never been tortured, enslaved, or beaten horribly over time. No. It's not, just not you. Well, uh, I, was a, I was an apprentice, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that's considered normal. Now, has the character led a sheltered life, free from violence and pain? <laughs> We're dwarves! <laughs> <laughs> uh, has the character been raised in a competitive but non-violent culture? Sports, debates, strategy games, courting? Not really. No, right? <laughs> no. no. Uh, and you're neither gifted nor faithful, since you're not humans. And, uh, well, any of you have perception exponent of six or higher? Uh, yes. Then you add another point. Right. Uh, do you have a will uh, exponent of five or higher? Yes. Uh, no. Then you add another point. Oh my goodness, our noble is like rot from steel. Is the character's fort uh, exponent six or higher? Yes. Well, <laughs> in every one of those last three questions, I've been one point under. <laughs> so I have a steel of six. I but our, our, our character's destined to fail. Our noble has a steel, what, a steel of eight? Yeah, eight. 
Dragon, it's just a little one. He'll maybe be able to con- to restrain himself when he's in the presence of something very beautiful or uh, yeah, valuable or pretty. Hesitation. Yes, your hesitation, which is the obstacle you roll against when you roll steel. Uh, that is ten minus your will exponent. Oh, and there's no shade for it. No, it's just a number since it's an obstacle for you to overcome. So minus six. So will oh that's okay. Metic- yeah, I was reading the rules of meticulous. Yeah, that's going to come into play a lot. Meticulous. <laughs> <laughs> so you take your will exponent, which is four in the case of Ulfkel, um, yeah. and you subtract it from ten. And yep. that yep. renders the number in question. And my obstacle is six when I come to meticulous. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a quick uh, mechanical example of rolling steel versus uh, hesitant? Hesitation. Okay, fair yeah. enough. So, say that you are, uh, well, uh, in the presence of something really pretty and you want it. Mm-hmm. Then you pick up dice equal to your steel and you roll them and you need, if you need to meet the obstacle, uh, okay, you need to roll successes equal to the obstacle. So if, if you have uh, a hesitation of five, then you need five successes to not, let's see, you have several options which are usually stand and drool, uh, run away screaming, fall prone and beg your life. That kind of thing. Wow. So I've got five dice to get six successes. <laughs> yes. Now wow. I, believe, I believe it's possible that steel is open-ended. I shall check that out. But, yeah, because uh, otherwise you guys might as well give me a dwarven leash. <laughs> well, I no, guess, no. You always pick stand and drool. <laughs> that's, that's where my command and uh, uh, galvanizing presence say, get off your ass. And <laughs> <laughs> Shut um, that fly trap and get now, moving. <laughs> I pretty much have to roll four or better on all six dice to be able to do that, which is yeah, possible. Well, well I, I I'm going to cross my fingers and hope there's situational modifiers, such as, like, you maybe can we're always chained spend, to the floor. You can always spend Artha. You, yeah, okay. that's pretty much what you can do. Let's not get too much into that. <laughs> Emotional... I may have to well, worry about emotional. Let's do it now. Let, while, while we're asking questions. Sure, emotional attributes. So, should I just put down greed then, or? Yes, that is greed. For all of you dwarves, you have a greed, exponent, and shade. Lying in the heart of every dwarf is a terrible seed, one of avarice, lust, and greed. It's a strange facet <laughs> of their nature. Some dwarves manage to hold it in check, others give in to it, acquiring all they desire in a bloody swath of war, murder, and betrayal. Greed is an emotional attribute like faith, grief, and hatred. It is not directly tested like faith, though. Instead, it is a factor in many roles and situations, such as, I must have it. So, your starting greed uh, is determined by the questions, okay? Oh, and in this case, if you have enough yes answers or or affirmatives, you can spend five of those to shift your greed to gray. Which is uh, handy if you have a very high greed to begin with, so because it advances slowly when you get into the right situation, and when you hit greed ten, you you pretty much go insane with greed and lock yourself in your hole. Okay. So I never took those life that, paths. That kind of explains our whole race, then, doesn't it? <laughs> it may explain what happened to the, to the uh, folks over there in the in the hall uh, oh, in Scoria's Deep. That's a good. That's a good point. Oh. So, okay, you have the book, John. So I don't have to read it to you. Yeah. Okay. Neither of you have a will exponent of four or lower, right? I have four for wills. Will of four. 
Yeah, so we both start with a plus one. I have over 60 resource points. I start with a plus one. Ah, uh-huh. for every 60 resource <laughs> points. Oh, every 60. Every 60. Good thing, I'm, good thing I'm, I'm only 106. Wow, that'll get me. Dirk. Be the same, Dirk. Four. Oh, God. I was none of the following, uh, the following life paths. If you, you get plus one greed for each of the following life paths. Yep. Traitor. Mask bearer, master of arches, master of forges, master engraver, treasurer, quartermaster, seneschal, or prince. <laughs> How many did you get, Dirk? Five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, plus one greed of the dwarf has coveted something owned by another. Have you? Have we gotten Speak the belief? Honestly, <laughs> actually, I wrote it down in my character. He, you know. He wants to re- recover those lost recipes, Naga recipes. That's true. Yeah, so I got another plus one. Have okay. you stolen anything you've coveted? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Has a dwarf ever had his, had his prized treasure stolen from him? Nah. Has the character ever been in the presence of a, of the master craftsman of the Dwarven Fathers? If so, plus one greed. That's quite possible for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a nogger. I had to been, I had to impress under somebody. Has the character witness an outsider, elf, man, orc, rodent, etc., in possession of a work of dwarven art? This is unlikely. Is the dwarf over 200 years old? If so, plus one greed. Saving grace, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the, the only attribute where I might actually fare well. How old is my character? This is where I need all that steel, otherwise I'm going to be off in my hole of counting my gold quickly. Yeah. I- I'm only a black hole of greed. I'm only 118, so I'm good. <laughs> I-, I believe, Dirk, that if your greed is higher than your hesitation, you have to use that as an obstacle instead. <laughs> no. Are you over 400 years old, plus two greed? No, no, none of you are, so... Uh, relationships. Each romantic relationship is is minus one greed. Each hateful relationship is plus one greed. A hateful immediate family member is plus two greed. We should have done this after relationships, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I love everybody. We can, always, we can always come back and do that, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's tally this up for now and, and put it aside. Right now, I have only got a plus two. So I, I am really? like a monk among dwarves. But there was well, one question. Young. Yes. Mm-hmm. There was one question that I might have answered yes to that we uh, I didn't get to. Is if you had something that was stolen from you that was a, a, a dwarvish item of value. And we never had his treasure stolen from him. Yes. Okay. There was talk at one time about my wanting to recover a family sword. It wasn't stolen from me, but it's something I want back. Would that be something that would apply? No, I'd say if this is something you you actually want to work in as something that is definitely stolen from you personally, then well, not, not from yes. me personally, but no. something I want to recover for the family. So so far, uh, that, that I wouldn't count that. So, in so that case, I have a greed of two. I'm a saint. I got greed, which, of- which is funny, because I was actually going for the opposite personality wise. I've got well, a lot you can of catching up to do. You can- you can always go for it. I mean, when it's low, it advances quickly. <laughs> uh, okay. It's something we'll build on. We'll, yep, we'll so. work up on our greed. Let's see. Taking or demanding the biggest portion is a, is a 
low obstacle. Exaggerating an uh, item's quality, whether buying, selling, or trading. Coveting another's wealth. That's going to be fun. <laughs> so, uh, so it looks like, uh, looks like that's it. So I have a four greed. Mm-hmm. What's yours again? Eight? <laughs> Six. Six. Okay. Now, it would be boring, but you could spend five points and make it a one and make it gray, but I think it would be more fun, and you'd mm-hmm. get more out of it to have a six. But it's only six, so it's not that bad. <laughs> oh, I love this. I mean, I had I had a game where we had an orc with, like, a hate, he started with Hatred B8, and at ten, they sort of implode in a, in a, in <laughs> Hatred and Violence. <laughs> so he was, he was kind of, every time he had a chance to race, and he was like, holy crap, <laughs> no! <laughs> I was strong with this one. <laughs> greed can both help and hinder resources. If greed is lower than resources, the player may fork his greed into resource tests. The burning desire gives him the edge and urge to acquire more. Well, we haven't fixed that yet, so we yeah. can we check that later. Yep, yep, yep. So let's go to gear, relationships, affiliations, and reputations. Back to page nine. Not to mention resources and circles. Oh, we didn't use stride. Uh, dwarves have a stride of six, but this is probably not something that will come up because I yeah. don't plan to use fight to begin with. Yeah, but there is having you sh- have it written down. Yes. <laughs> well, just to give a frame of reference, what's the stride of a man? Uh, men and orcs have a stride of seven, elves have eight. And this determines essentially how mobile you are in detailed close combat. Oh, yes, and there's the uh, oh, Dwarven resource list. Excuse right, me. I sent you an abbreviated version. Do you all have the uh, PM in front of you? Yeah. A reputation will allow you to uh, more easily get your way or find someone you need to find, right? An affiliation does the same. Having relationships means uh, this is someone you want to appear in the setting or in the, in the story, definitely. Oh, my God. Or if you just absolutely want to be friends with the, the bandit king or someone. So I probably should worry about my relationship first, then worry about buying stuff. I, I tend to think so, too, yeah. which is why I find it a little backwards to have the gear before the relationships and all that. But, silly for dwarf runs, is it 20 for each? If you have an axe, 20, a knife is 20. Uh, it, it, you, if you pay 20, then you get whatever you need, throwing axes, knives, uh, maces, whatever you need for your life path to make sense. All right. Like if you were a knight, you'd get a lance, a sword, maybe a dirk, maybe a mace. And if you want to buy uh, weights, spikes, anything else to, to modify the weapon, like... Uh, Wanted a top spike That's, that costs you four per modification per weapon. If you go with the shorty variety, it's only one point. I guess how how detailed is the combat system? Do we have to worry about that? But, well, to begin with, it's not going to be. I'm not going to go into the the super detailed stuff. But I will be eyeing the general damage stuff to get an idea of what you can do. So, um, I mean, having a spike would let you pierce armor more easily. So um, maybe I'd give you um, advantage dice in that case. Okay, so right now I'm at 37 out of 60. So that gives me uh, 23 for uh, relationships and the like. What happens with resource points that you don't spend? They die horribly. Oh, okay. Then I guess we will be relational. (laughs) (laughs) Or or we'll get greedy and get more gear. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let's see. There's a little tip here somewhere, I believe. Stray resource points. Sometimes you'll end up with a stray resource point. You can always buy a minor or close family forbidden or hateful relationship. We recommend it. It's one point for a fun skeleton in your closet. Or you can buy a piece of armor, a gambeson for one point. Or you could buy spikes, weights, and beaks for your weapons. You can also buy a leaky shack if you're of manish stock. Or elven arrows if you're an elf. That kind of thing. So there's always something you can buy. How best to do this? I think maybe we should do the relationships and stuff first. So you can you can actually establish that stuff. Indeed. And then we can settle for sure on the the gear. Because it's it's annoying when you like have your dwarven mail and and everything, and then nobody's heard of you, nobody cares about you. Uh, yeah, you have no money. Or <laughs> <laughs> you're just like a typical D and D character. <laughs> <laughs> so relationships work like this: they give you access to a specific person without having to you know go to circles or roles or anything like that. And they, like I said before, they definitely cement you maybe wanting to be friends with the bishop or bandit king or someone else or being enemies with someone you can establish people who will certainly figure in the game later now taking a relationship uh, with a character who's considered powerful and plays a large role in the game setting uh, that's 15 points to begin with Uh, somebody who's considered significant or important uh, but not you know maybe the most important uh, is 10. Uh, and someone who plays a minor role in the setting, someone who, you know, isn't going to have a lot of clout or influence, that's five points. However, of course, there are no insignificant relationships. It's just how much they figure into the, um, the grand scheme of things. Okay. Uh, you can introduce quirks to these relationships, like, um, oh, uh, complications. Like it could be a, an immediate family relationship, like your brother or your father or, or a sister. Uh, or a, a different family relationship, like a cousin or an aunt. Immediate family relationships are two points cheaper. So uh, being um, being uh, the son of, of the present prince or, or ruler of the mountain would be, say, 13 points. Mm-hmm. And if that uh, relationship is, say, hateful, it would only be 11. That's minus two points for being hateful. Uh, forbidden relationships? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> forbidden relationships are, are one point cheaper, like... Uh, the bishop who pals around with a band king. Uh, relationships involving rom- bones of romantic love are minus two. So, I mean, you can double up on certain things here, like make it a... Okay. A, a hateful, more romantic relationship? Not a hateful, romantic... <laughs> it's That's just called marriage. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know there's princes, which assumes there's kings and other royalty. Oh, well, the king is the prince. It's, it's just a different word for the same thing. Is that the only form of dwarven government, or is there also like a council that's represented by guild members and the like? There is a guilder setting, and those dwarves are the traders. So I'm sure they have an internal hierarchy, but they all they all kind of um, yeah. out to the prince. Well, I definitely went to the guild because I'm I'm a, I was an apprentice. I actually was through the guild life path. Well, we also have something called the graybeards. That just means you're a veteran in your field, whatever your field is. Ah. You may want to uh, sit on this one a while and uh, consider affiliations. Uh, now, affiliations is, is you're, uh, you're, you're connected to a specific group. It could be a smaller local group uh, for 10 points. It could be a large regional or expansive group, a trade guild, or uh, an all-thing ship, or a pirate fleet for 25 points, or uh, something like a national powerful or ruling group, like a, a 
Merchant League for 50 points. I'm not sure if this is going to figure extensively into the sim- fairly simple setup I mean to do with you, but certainly having re- a rep beyond, uh, say, Dirk's noble affiliation would be cool. I mean, uh, a small something, like uh, a war band or a group of bloggers or some such. Yeah. That's 10 points. Yeah, I, I gave myself a relationship, Brewmaster Pal. Son of uh, Vigar, Ufkil's master when he was an apprentice mm-hmm. for 5 RP. So he's just a minor. Uh, cool. Affiliation, the Nagar Guild of Marl, uh, 1D, 10, uh, 10 RP. Excellent. And I'm going to give myself a uh, up-and-coming reputation of 1D, so 1D, 7, uh, 7 RP. So cool. Up-and-coming Nagar. Yes, reputation is precisely that. It's not uh, complicated to yeah. explain. Uh, for for seven points, you get one one dice worth of reputation. You know, fastest kid on the street, the neighborhood thug, that kind oh, of thing. That's what one D stands for. Oh, okay. One D, one die. Yes, these are bonuses you get when you want to use your circles mechanic, right? Mm-hmm. So when you want to find someone, or uh, you know, I, I need a brewer to fix. Something, or I, I need a mm-hmm. craftsman or a, a hired killer. And um, <laughs> if it falls under your affiliation and mm-hmm. reputation yeah. and all that, then um, you get those bonuses. Just for Dirk, reputation, for, for, one, uh, for a, a single die reputation, that's seven points. For two dice, that's 25. And for three, it's 45. If you want to be like, uh, you know, the infamous dwarf prince who never stands down or something. <laughs> That steely dwarf. Here's a question because it sounds like I'm, I'm gaming the system though, mm-hmm. because my character does ha- is a uh, does have armorer. Can I make my own dwarven armor? Yes, you can. I'll save money and buy resources then. Of course, that would be a that would be an obstacle for me to take care of. But it'd actually be a great example. Actually, a great great way to, to demonstrate how the system works. Could be, yes. Yeah. So, uh, Todd, I would say you'd have to pick, like, something relating to, uh, trade or, uh, the dwarven host or, um, some kind of, uh, subsection, right? It wouldn't be a big ass council because you have a prince who has the final say and, and he'll have an advisor maybe mm-hmm. and generals, but it wouldn't be, you know, um, well, maybe, maybe you could, uh, maybe uh, you could invent a longbeard um, faction, a little group, like the the uh, very old dwarves, the very oldest dwarves in the in the hold. Maybe they're the you know the folks you go to for advice if you're a you're an up and coming little sixty nine year old. <laughs> and I could see that working, but it wouldn't okay. be part of a, a governing body, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, as I I I think I. Set it in the, uh, my rep- reply, PM reply, uh, you could take an affiliate, a military affiliation with, uh, like, uh, a specific war band. Hmm. Okay. Well, see, now that I've got the points, I'm figuring out where to spend them. So, Longbeard Elders, how many points would that be worth? If it's a small group, which I suspect it is, it's 10 points. Okay. Well, I've got it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a regional or expansive group. It's not a trade guild or, or a pirate fleet. Pirate fleet and dwarves just does not mix. <laughs> well, you, you get the idea of how expansive it is. Then. This would be like the Longbeards of Marl or something. So I, I can either have a dwarven workshop or I can have my, my own tools. 
but I can't have both. It's the way the, the way it prices out. I mean, if I have a dwarven workshop, which is every dwarf should have, but that's sixty resource points. What and else? That, and then that leaves me only with uh, you four. don't need to have a workshop for all of your stuff. I mean, it would make Hell. things much simpler for you. Okay, yes. so I'll just go for tools in, and each tool is specific to the uh, different artifice, right? You need actually a, a workshop to. Uh, use armor, black metal artifice, brewer, nogger, carpenter, <laughs> miller, and cooper. Ah, uh, crap. To use the, them effectively, right? Yeah. You can use all of these things without a workshop, but that just means that uh, you're at a double obstacle penalty. Um, can you use, like, relationships or affiliations to be work in somebody else's workshop? That would be an excellent example of using circles to circle up a, a friendly blacksmith who will let you use his forge. Well, unfortunately, I'm a greedy little bastard. <laughs> well, I decided to add a small house there so I go. have a place to call home, but it's not as glorious as the uh, greybeards with their full holds. <laughs> something for me to strive for. It would be a, a smaller hold inside of a, a prince's hold, probably. Looks like I have dun, 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 three points left. For the people with the full and juicy lists, what's good for three points? Uh, I'd say a relationship, if you don't have one already. Well, besides the I, long beards, uh, yeah, that, that's that's kind of a boring, stuffy relationship. Yeah, they, it's not a relationship, culture. right? It's uh, it's an affiliation. You, you have um, ties to them somehow. Maybe if you want to have some grandfatherly person among the greybeards... Uh, figure into the story or be important or some such, then you can buy that as a relationship. A minor relationship is five points, and if you make it, say, an immediate family relationship or other family and hateful, <laughs> that would even make it down to two. <laughs> well, I could always have one of my uh, grandfather be a long beard. Yes, that would be pretty cool, actually. I think we'll go with that, then. All right. Grandfather Goddardam. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I messed that up. What? That's uh, ten points for a one D affiliation. Five points. What can I buy for five points? Do you have a reputation or an affiliation or a real? I have all your... three. I, I bought those first. Excellent. Yeah. So I have a good, uh, relationship with my, my my former brewmaster. Mm-hmm. I have an affiliation with the Nogger Guild of Marl. I figure yes. we're starting for Marl and reputation <laughs> up and coming Nogger. I have a Nogger workshop. You just gives me the equipment bonus. I'm trying to figure out how to work my ideas into these into the mechanics here. Alright. So I'm thinking he's not necessarily on the in with the the ruling group, but you know, he's sort of like more of a uh Black sheep rabble rouser since he's trying to stir him up and get him to go do things like reconquer, uh, Scoria Deep and you know, reestablish the power and maybe the people who are in power are more laid back. And, oh, we just, we're happy we're in power and that's good. Uh, well, you are the prince, but of course you could be a prince in exile or, a, or a, maybe your rank is prince, but you, you are actually, I mean, your family is from Scoria Deep. Uh, something like that, so you wouldn't be the, um, if you don't want to be the authority in the hold. Right, yeah. Right. But that sounds like a reputation rabble rouser or, um, you know, troublemaker or. <laughs> so I added, I added two more relationships. Mugar, son of Odgir, Ufkel's father, for th- he's just a minor, and his okay. sweetheart, Berglin, daughter of. I'm just gonna say that you can take a look at it and you can figure out how to pronounce the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're pretty much done, John. Uh, uh-huh. how about 
You dork. I got all kinds of resource points to spend. Oh, you have? Yeah. Right, right, right. How, how many do you have? Like 280 or? 260. 260. <laughs> and it's killing my greed, so I gotta spend it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. You need a toolkit for cartography if you want to make it, make good maps. You can spend uh, a good bit. I mean, 10. <laughs> Uh, you know, I would buy a few more reputations, maybe another affiliation, uh, no more relationships. Yeah. If you feel there's anyone in particular you want, right? Hey, you're a Should prince. Did, did, did you buy your dad? Yes. Oh, okay. Feed, feed me your ideas about the character. I mean, uh, obviously, you don't want him to be the head honcho of uh, Marl, if we start there, but rather someone who's eager to go and reclaim something, and he, he, you don't want him to be the, the man responsible for, for everything, if I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So w- what, what are his ties to, uh, to this whole moral and to Brekia? And how, how does that factor into affiliations and reputations and, and relationships? Uh, I didn't hear about your father, so maybe you should t- tell me about that one first. Uh, I figure, well, I don't know whether uh, he should still be alive or not. For our oath, we have to have like an oath sworn to somebody, right? Yeah, like I suggest you make. I suggest you make that either to a different uh, player dwarf or yeah, uh, someone in authority living, so to speak. I was thinking that he makes the oath to his father to you know, reclaim the uh, their lost territories that maybe he had he had held and. Than, uh, we could do it like this. Maybe your father is indisposed. He is uh, ill or old, and yeah. that's why you're prince. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's still the boss unofficially, but uh, you have the title, and maybe uh, you want to reclaim it before he dies or something. Yeah. Then you could certainly buy the relationship. You didn't. You wouldn't have to buy it at you know fifteen because he's not going to be a character who's. Uh, around to make decisions and boss you around, but maybe 10, certainly, if he's restored, he, he's going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. Sounds good. Cool. Just what I was looking for for him. <laughs> Give me some uh, relationships here again. Ideas. Uh, rivals. Any any number of rivals. Uh, you could have uh, friends at court or in lower places, maybe uh, a squeeze or two. You, any sisters or brothers? Any... Cousins. Actually, that makes that, wow. that the, the one about squeeze. I mean, you know, he is a prince. He's probably already betrothed to some um, um, princess, or at least uh, some noble. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not you're actually married or not, that's up to you. I would say, but you know, you've been betrothed. It's meant to, meant to strengthen the family ties and blah 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 blah. Yeah, maybe to strengthen our ties with the the moral uh, noble family. She has a face like a mule, which I don't know if that means it's, she's pretty in dwarf terms or not. <laughs> Depends if it's uh, hairy or not. <laughs> no dwarf, no bearded women, please. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that's, just, that's getting too silly. <laughs> Fair enough. Of course, if you have this, uh, whether it's a romantic relationship or not, it's up to you, of course. See, I don't know how much that's going to be figuring in the story or not, so that, you know... Uh, do you imagine this betrothed, uh, if you want to go for that, is someone with a whole lot of influence? I mean, they would be nobles, yeah, obviously. they'd have a certain amount. 
Uh, do you see them figuring in, into the story in some way, maybe aiding your expedition or foiling your expedition or um, anything like that? <laughs> if it's no to both, then I should I say make it a minor. If it's a maybe or a yes, then make it a significant, a ten-pointer. Let's try ten, just see how that goes. And is it a happy relationship, or is it, oh, yeah, hello, hello, Brunhilde? You know what? (laughs) There's no way I'm going to let it be a a happy, uh, (laughs) oh, of course I'm going to let you go get yourself killed, you moron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's there's no drama in that, so. No. And she is a dwarf. She is a dwarf. You never know. She may. Be, she may. Well, if you're gonna go off and get yourself killed, you don't go and get killed with me on your side. No. 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 no, no. no I think. I think in this case, we need to play up the old Norse version, which is ah, where they're unbearably annoying and terrible, and the ones who instigate the most blood feuds and uh, all that fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have your finery yet? <laughs> yeah, I've got dwarven mail, dwarven arms, finery, clothes, chronicles, a mount, a pack animal, gray holds beard, beards hold, and dwarven tools for my cartography. Do you got stri- Do you have sturdy shoes? <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. One point spent. <laughs> <laughs> How much you got left? Five. Five. Uh, what kind of arms did you buy? Dwarven arms. Okay, what kind of arms are those, and would you like to buy a beak, spike, or weight for it, for one of them? Well, he's probably That's four points. Got a nice dwarven battle axe, and maybe a, a hand axe, a dagger. Would you like a, a weighed pommel, or a, like a, a spike, or a beak for any of those? Yeah, I probably got the, that blade on one side and the beak on the other, or something. Okay, that's four points. That means for for your remaining point, you can simply buy a minor relationship with a, I don't know, a, an annoying little creature. I'm wait, wait, no, no, no. My creature isn't little. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> because dwarves have strict rules, and if if you're kicked out of the uh, community, you're pretty much a pariah, and that would be a certified. Forbidden relationship. It's it wouldn't be good for the prince to be seen with, uh, you know, a filthy adventurer who's forsworn his oaths and um, or uh, you know something like that. I think that's the easiest way to get down to one point. It's tougher to find a, a workable relationship for one point in a different circle than than other family or immediate family. Or you buy nice uh, clothes. Well, it's like to get down to one though for for that. It'd, it'd be two for forbidden, and then that'd be like a brother or something to get down to one, right? Uh, one for forbidden. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Could be immediate family relationship. That's two. Forbidden would make it uh three. And if you make it hateful, that's three. No, that's still one. It still costs one. Minimum costs yeah. one. So it could be, you know, your brother. All right. Okay. So, so <laughs> you're settling on a uh, on a rival or hateful brother who's cast out. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, on the affiliations, I got the 1D for the, the Rabble Rouser, a 1D for the, the Warriors of uh, Scoria Deep, and 1D for the Leadership of Marl. Okay. That all works. So let's let's uh, go over beliefs real quick. John, you're probably familiar with the, the concept from Mouse Guard, right? It's a, it's a statement, but unlike Mouse Guard, it <laughs> combines the idea of a belief and a goal. 
So you often have a statement followed by a qualification or a, a course of action, like I will do anything to see the king deposed. So, mm-hmm. you know, there you have a goal and a statement at a, you know, qualification, I'll do anything. It's a very basic kind of belief, but at least it's it gives you a direction and a way to go. I suggest that these beliefs are, are uh, authored in a specific way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're dwarves, so you should have an oath, and that oath, I'll check on that in a minute. Besides that, I'd like you all to have one belief about Scoria Deep, whether that is finding the lost Nog, or reopening trade routes, or um, uh, simply... Reclaiming it for... Reclaiming, yes, that's the word. So, do I want to write in terms of, I believe I will, or or uh, I have a desire, or how, how shall I word that? I will, I must, shall, I swear, I... Yes, I swear would be the oath. <laughs> no, or in the case of Dirk, maybe in the name in the name of my father, or, or I swear to my my father or the ancestors, I'll reclaim Scoriadeep. Besides that, or those two, I'd like you to have less grand scale kind of personal belief, uh, something that you may be able to do uh, pretty much right now, something that you can go get presently, uh, like the, the moment we start play. It's something you have to drive for, like hmm. maybe you need to uh, acquire funds or tools or armor or hmm. men. It doesn't have to be that way either. It could be something like, you know, I want to prevent my snot-nosed cousin from, from joining up because he's going to be a nuisance. Okay, I actually have something. I'll, I need to make me some dwarven mail. All right. That can be as as convoluted as it can as it need to be. <laughs> it's a need. There's a need, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't see any particular direction. If you involve, say, a person, a place, or a qualification, like I I need to get X to make me mail, or I need to use or or uh, oh okay okay I got you I got you I got you I got you yeah yeah okay. What would it be like convincing my betrothed that I need to go on this uh, quest? Sure, that works. That's just a scene waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check up on the little oath subsection thing. Yeah, this is the thing. Dwarf characters start the game with an additional fourth belief, and that it must be an oath, and it must be to a character you have bought with a relationship. Uh, bought a relationship with. Ah. Uh, points a little bit. <laughs> Okay, so since I since I ha- my major relationship is with my old old brewmaster, it would be with with him. Acceptable oaths are: I owe Burry a debt of honor. Uh, I swore to recover the crown for my brother. My father's last words were to rule wisely. This I swore. I vow never to go near the beer again. <laughs> what I wrote for my belief actually is going to be my oath. Okay, what's that then? Oh well, I, I swore to Paul, son of Vulgar, Vig uh, Vigar, that I will recover the uh, lost recipes of Scoria Deep, lost Naga recipes. Sounds good. So that means that you could also, uh, Dirk, you could finagle the oath to your father as that oath uh, yeah, if you I, want to. I, I read that before, and that was my plan. Perfect. I suggest you take another oath though, and make that oath about a different PC dwarf or involving them. I still need a uh, longer-term belief. Besides, I need to get to have Berg- Berglund's father, Devlin, the black metal master, to make me some dwarven mail, which is the immediate one. So I need another one. Okay. Yeah. So how many beliefs do we need? There should be four, including the oath you just wrote okay. down. Right. Uh, if, if, it's, if it helps, 
write down more oaths to people. Yeah. But I want at least one belief to be about Scoria Deep, about something you want to do there. At least one oath and one immediate belief, like something you can go do right now. And you have those down, I believe, both of you. So if you have three beliefs out of four, that's okay. I'm not going to hit all of them next time anyway. So here's a good one. I will reopen the breweries of Scoria Deep. Oh, cool. The, the cool thing about that belief, mm-hmm. hold on, Dirk, is uh, you can then add uh, qualifications mm-hmm. uh, to the tail end. Uh, so, you know, it, it starts with I will reopen the breweries at Scoria Deep mm-hmm. by helping uh, open up the the underway, by securing the underway or clearing them of the goblin menace or, or whatever else. I, you know. I, can add those la- I can add those later or... or, or what I mean is you can you can save the first bit, the b- bit you have now, yeah. and then when you want to accomplish something and earn persona points, you add the little qualifying statement. This is what I will do to reopen the... Right? I um, gotcha. So here's my, my base statement, which is what I'm going to put right now. Then later on, I, I, can, I, I can then amend it. Yes. Yes. You want us to have a tie-in and belief to the other other character player characters, preferably one or the other, or both. If if you're strapped for other ideas, I mean, it could simply be you know you've sworn to repay someone for their bravery or honor or some such, or it could be you've sworn an oath of brotherhood and and you'll ha- let them have a piece of uh, you know whatever it is whatever plunder you come across or or, or simply. I, could, uh, um, I swore to uh, see that he gets his brewery in Scoria Deep. <laughs> cool. There we go. So my my oath is, I swear I, I swore to Brewmaster Paul that I will recover the lost Nog recipes of Scoria Deep. Uh, I will reopen the breweries of Scoria Deep. I want to wed my beautiful Berglin in the temple of Ale, the god of Nog. And I, <laughs> I need to uh, have... Bur- I think it's just colder if you, you leave it at the Temple of Nog, right? Because then it can be a brewery. Yeah, yeah Temple of Nog, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Temple of Nog. And I need to have Berglund's father, Devalin, the black metal master, to make me some dwarven mail. Oh, wait, wait, wait. To make you some dwarven mail? Do you mean dwarven light mail or heavy mail, or do you mean actually dwarven mail, the, the mail that... Um, uh, you know, it's going to probably be light mail. So okay. I'll make that light mail. No, just to be clear, so you're not expecting uh, the Rolls Royce of, of armor. No, <laughs> no, no. That would, probably, that would probably take not just a keg of nog to pay for that. That would probably take... <laughs> <laughs> Dirk, read me yours again. Uh, oh, may have to reword somebody's a little bit, but uh swear to my father to reclaim Scoria Deep. Mm-hmm. Confess my betrothed Freya that I have to lead the reconquest of Scoria. Mm-hmm. Swore to help Ufkel reopen the brewery of Scoria. Mm-hmm. And um, we must assemble a dwarven warband for the reconquest of Scoria. Sounds good. And I have yours. John, so... Freebird! <laughs> Not Freebird, Reaver. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I factored some things to save time. Um, mm-hmm. So here we go. Okay, so, 
Your circles, right? That's your uh, your uh, ability to uh, wrangle up people from your uh, uh, previous life, right? Uh, Anyone in the military, any nobles, any brewers, that's your circles. Um, Resources is uh, your, well, uh, good name, your contacts, favors, a little bit of cash, but generally if you have a business or... Um, an organization, you'll get more resources than if you have mm-hmm. money. Um, the PTGS is, is a f- short for a physical tolerances grayscale, which is how tough you are. So now you know specifically what is a superficial wound, what is a light wound, what is a severe wound and all that. And I, I won't have to guess when I hurt you. So how does this work out? Now, I, I, I know... You know, we we have black and gray and white dice. It looks like if I want to give myself a mortal wound, I get 11 black dice. (laughs) (laughs) No. What happens is this. uh, Arms or uh, various dangers will do damage in a shade and an exponent. So you can take, say, a B10, that's the size of the wound, right? Traumatic wound. Uh, that won't kill you, but it will be traumatic. And when we, you know, if we go to the detailed combat system, you'll have cha- you have a chance to uh, uh, you you'll hit people uh, in a way that they they're barely, you know, it's a scratch or it's a regular hit or it's a superb hit, and then you'll you'll end up on different parts of this scale, right, of, of one to twelve, basically. Uh, and if it's over twelve, I believe, or thirteen, it goes into a new shade. So. Fandral is, he is about as tough as you can be without being somehow supernatural. If he'd be any tougher, you'd have to actually have, you know, a heroic shade implement to kill him. He's also almost insane. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's mostly sane. Mostly. We got that going for him. <laughs> right. Oh, we should revisit greed yeah. for your relationships real quick as well. Let's see. I believe Flint had a greed of two, right? Yes, yes. All on dwarf-like. Yeah, you have, you'll have to work on that. Do you have either romantic or hateful relationships? You only have your grands. Yeah. You just have uh, a uh, respectful relationship. All right, so the grandfather, Gotterdam, is, uh, it doesn't have a qualifier like that. Correct. And that's just the only one you have. Then oh, and, you stay. I'll follow, follow that madman uh, Andrel wherever he uh, goes. Uh, that doesn't. <laughs> you can do that anyway. <laughs> that just gives you the opportunity to gain more. Okay, so you you stay at two now, uh, Fandral, I believe you have a hateful family relationship, immediate family relationship. Oh uh, yeah. With your al- brother Alberic. That gives you two more greed. And if you're at B6, that makes it B8, which is kind of high. Yeah. Well, if we shoot him in the head and get rid of him, then uh, <laughs> spend, I buy, you know, spend that one point on uh, some more sturdy shoes. I'm suddenly not insane anymore. <laughs> ah, that's no fun. You know what? Uh, like, I, mm. I, I hope I spent that PM. <laughs> I never know. Yeah. Yeah, okay, excellent. You can actually uh, convert five points into uh, shape-shifting it to gray. So uh, um, you'll have a more powerful greed, but you're not as cl- as near Insane. Yeah, going mental. Because that is more to your um, yeah, liking. 
So to free up the five points, I might eliminate things that would need me that needed me to get, you know, like your brother. Yeah. <laughs> I like your brother though. It would be a damn shame to just cut him out. Yeah, that's why, I, in some senses, I think I'm finding this character creation system rather clunky. <laughs> It is. It is a little, and especially the first time you do it, and it's uh, it's messy. I I understand and think some of the ideas of kind of trying to tie some of these uh, traits and things into the mechanics, but it's done mm-hmm. in a clunky way that seems to be like the mechanics are more driving some of the stuff, and that's not good. Well, well hopefully. Uh, how do you mean driving? Well, like having the the outcast brother and stuff, that's an interesting idea and character idea and for story ideas. But then it seems to be driving part of my character. So she might be going insane very quickly, like, well, okay, why, why, why am I spending one point on that? Just to make my guy insane. <laughs> to make him a character that I'm not going to be able to play anymore. You, know, you will be able to play it, just uh, he may have a slightly shorter shelf life. But I mean, if it doesn't tickle you, then uh, let's not go down that road. If you don't have anything else you want to spend that point on, then let's just toss it. I mean, if you if you bought that relationship just to spend the point, I can understand. It's not an uninteresting uh, plot thing, but it it seems the the implications to the character for that interesting plot thing is getting a little a little too uh, heavy. I, what I really want to get at is why he's on the sheet. Is he important to you, Dirk? He wasn't. I mean, is he? Is it something you can you can have or don't have, or or you know, is it something that you absolutely you definitely want? I could go either way on it. I mean, I, it wasn't a part of the original idea of the character, but I don't. I see it as okay. It could be an interesting thing to play out, but not if he's not there, it doesn't really change the character. All right, then you know, if you feel you'd rather stay at B six and don't not shift it any way, shade or otherwise, then let's nix the. Bro- Brother and makes the point. Uh, you don't have a present belief about the brother anyway. All right, John. Did you amend your greed? By the way, no, we haven't. We haven't got to that. Uh, yet. Okay, uh, you have one romantic relationship, right? Yes. And then that takes your greed down by one. Ah, where's my worksheet? Now, if he would have just loved his brother instead <laughs> of hating him. <laughs> well, well, we don't want that kind of love. <laughs> no, because I already, I've already factored in. That when I was going, I remember I was working for the books. I was looking at the numbers and I looked so I remember I, I already factored that in. So my, my actually my make my agreed at B four is exactly what it should be. Good, good. Then we can put that to rest. Excellent. Your instinct statement should start with the start with the phrase "always, never, when, if that, or an if then" statement. It does tend to sound like a belief as well. <laughs> it shouldn't, but it could. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, would this be a fine instinct? When in doubt, follow your leader's orders to the letter. To the letter. Well, follow orders to, to the letter. Sure. Okay. That's an instinct. Follow orders to the letter. That's, you know, it has an invisible always in front of it. Or I actually, I wrote up and down, when in doubt, follow orders to the letter, which works the same way, too. Well, no. No? That's only when you're doubting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just simply, all right, just down there, always follow orders to the letter then. All right. All right, always follow orders to the letter, which can get you in trouble. But then again, I'm meticulous, so that, you know, you tell me to do something, I do exactly what you told me to do. 
In-game rules, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many instincts should we have? Three. Three. Uh, they're a little like macros, you know, like uh, always trust a pretty face, never break a promise. If challenged, show no mercy. When spooked, I run away screaming. That's a steel response. Never. You know, always have enough cash to tip the doorman, etc. It's it's uh, something that your character always does, never does, or something he does when a certain stimulus comes up. Never trust a teetotaler. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see that. <laughs> what? You don't like me, me brew? The devil with you. <laughs> um, Todd, if you want to have your axe with you all the time, then write that down. Or if you want to have something quirky, like, uh, you know, if you have a chance to steal food, you do it. That's cool, too. Okay. You have an instinct like, why, yes, I do sleep with my axe. Always sleep with your axe. Yes. Okay. I, I keep wanting to write, him, write them up like aspects. Ah. Uh, I've got to change my... Uh, Syntax, I guess. Like I said, start. Yes. Oh, the three words, you, the four words you want to start with is always, never, when, or if, then. Or if slash then. Yeah, if you slash know. then, yeah. So if I give myself one always, I give myself one never, and then one conditional. So, so I, I could have something like never trust a human, right? Yeah, sure. One of mine is never trust other races. Oh, <laughs> this is a why narrow it down? <laughs> Dwarf supremacist. <laughs> Stunty <laughs> power. Yes. <laughs> How criminally stupid can we make instincts? As stupid as you want them, or as stupid as you feel your character is. Because mm. I was thinking something like never say no to a lady. That could yeah, cause sure. all kinds of trouble if it, if, if it got out. Says, oh, he's such a nice boy. Oh, yes, you can totally manipulate him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please take that one. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> okay, here's what I'm thinking of. It's never trust other races. Always expects to be followed, orders to be followed, and uh, always talks in combat. Hmm. That that that's handy, especially if we're on a stealth mission. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just put a cork in it? <laughs> <laughs> if the middle one always expects to be followed, he expects orders to be followed. Oh, okay. Oh, in in, in Burning Wheel, uh, are are there goblins? Sure. Are they the obligatory mortal enemy of the dwarves? Of course they are. <laughs> Uh, I imagine a game without that. Well, one never knows. You, you might have very well-educated goblins that uh, like uh, fill the role of uh, lawyers and scribes. I didn't say they weren't. Oh, well, maybe that's why we hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you also have orcs too. Orcs are just as bad, <laughs> but they're not lawyers. Same thing, basically. They're all elves who have twisted themselves oddly. You know, like elves do. Yeah, but you can't trust them. damn elves. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, what, so what's that second instinct looking like, Dirk? Uh, the same so far. <laughs> I think, you know, he just wouldn't think that anybody would not do what he told them to. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I, okay, okay. No, uh, we can work with that. That's true. That's a new angle. 
Yeah. If it's a way to like open up for you know leave, giving orders and then walking away. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, of course, the only person he's guaranteed that will exactly follow his orders to the letter. <laughs> Everyone else is like, oh yes, of course, Prince. Yes, Prince. Absolutely, right away, Prince. Is he gone? Yeah. Okay. Break up the nog. <laughs> you two go kill those hundred orcs over there. <laughs> We're going to go attack the, the other force over here. Don't worry, it's handled. Those two are going to go take care of it. <laughs> so I came up with my third one, and, and I, it's uh, fairly simple. Always keep your weapon handy. Okay, that works. I'm trying to choose an instinct that won't get me instantly killed the first time we run into a goblin army. <laughs> about never leave a job undone? Ooh. That works. Because that would be, you know, banner-bearing and word-bearing. Uh, and I wouldn't say job, say task. Never leave a task undone. Because that actually, cut, that's more generic. Go with that. I'm sure that will get me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Drop what you're doing. But, 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 but. Okay, so we have always sleeps with his axe. Never say no to a lady. Never leave a task undone. Of all of us, uh, I think the only person who doesn't actually fold his bed up, fold his bed roll up just nice and neat and put, touch everything and then put everything back in place is, of course, our leader. Does he got people to do that now, doesn't he? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just tell them to do it and I expect them to do it. See, there's 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 a there's a magic circle here. <laughs> the, the best way to get things done is to surround yourself with neat freaks and monomaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's the prince. Ah, uh, so Jork, did you have a, a look at the uh, a belief post I'd made just before the the instinct post? Because I flubbed the the oaths a little for you guys. You saw that, right? I amended something for uh, you, John. Yeah, I changed my oath. Original oath was I want to wed my beautiful Berglin in the Temple of Dog. Like, mm. No, no, no. I want to uh, sort of brewmaster Paul, Paul that I would recover the lost Nogris Visa Deep. Yes. Then I put something that was in conflict with it with a mission. That is, I swore on a keg of nod to my father, Mugar, that I would apprentice my cousin Snorri, the younger, as a brewer. Yes. Yeah. So I can't go be running off and, and adventuring, and when I need to, when I, when I, I also swore I would help make help story on his role to becoming a brewer. Here's the snag: it can't actually have anything in particular to do with the situation at hand. But I mean, you could always introduce him and have someone else um, take care of your duties while you're away. I mean, that's something to do. Yeah. But. Um, I mean, so long as it doesn't actually interfere with uh, the big thing, it's fine. Okay. It may come up, it may not come up. Uh, you dare going, but you promised. You promised. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain this again here? I'm not understanding why this, the swearing an oath to my father wouldn't work. Uh, you can definitely swear an oath to your father, but it can't be the oath you get from the trait, since the trait specifies it cannot have anything to do with the game situation specifics, like, um, you know, you going to Scoria Deep. It could be an oath about, 
always uh, keeping, you know, holding, always holding on to your honor or, you know, something a little broader maybe uh, for that specific belief, which is the oath you get from the trait, oath swearer. Um, this belief must come in the form of an oath and represents a pre-game bond between a dwarf and one of his relationships. Oaths that pertain to the situation in play fill one of the standard three belief slots. So, and I mean, all of the examples are pretty broad. Like, I owe Bury a debt on, of honor. I swore to recover the crown for my brother. My father's last words were to rule wisely. This I swore. Yeah, it should involve a relationship you've bought, like, for instance, your father or, um, or your betrothed. If yeah, uh, um, okay, and I I believe uh, I believe I looked over your beliefs, Todd, and they were pretty good as they are, right? Yes, they said that. Yes, they're believable. Yeah, th- that's there's a good example of an oath with a capital O. I swear to grandfather that I will restore that I will restore the glory of the Goddamn House. It's something before the game. Before the situation, Ouch. it might figure into it, but it's not tied to the um, plot, if you will. And there's always a chance of complications, even if it was tied to the plot. <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay, well, that, I guess that's more what I would say the oath to my father was to restore the, uh, the family to its you know, rightful place of... Uh, Honor, power, or whatever you want to say. All right. I, yeah, I guess I did the score you deep just because that seemed like, well, that's I was tying it in with the game, and I guess I wasn't supposed to. Yeah, my my mistake. <laughs> well, I think that the point is, uh, you want an oath that isn't quickly resolved. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we've got instincts. I think more or less knocked out. Yes? Question mark. I believe so. Yeah, I believe you all have three, right? And we have our our circles. What's next? Yes. We, since we have all these goodies, I just want to confirm everyone's beliefs. Finally, um, ah, okay. really, and Todd's fine. And uh, the final list from Dirk and John, please. <laughs> I think this is beginning to look really good. Yeah. Uh, and let's see if I had any other notes to make sure you get. We had the circles, we have the resources. I got you your physical tolerance is a great skill. <laughs> and we did the greed, and we went over the beliefs, and you have your instincts, and that should be that, except for Arthur. Alright, so Arthur is your uh, hero points, your drama points, uh, your fake points, that kind of thing. And you earn them for playing your beliefs, for injecting humor in character, for um, being dramatic, and so on and so forth. Uh, there are three types, and they do some different things. Uh, generally, fate is these little, tiny, nice points which allow you to explode sixes if you roll them. Uh, and, you know, you can ignore wounds and so forth. Persona are the bigger ones. You can add dice to your pools. Uh, you can ignore wounds, big wounds. Also, uh, Persona has something very important, which is the will to live. If you take a mortal wound and you don't have any Persona, you die. Uh, if you take a mortal wound and you spend a Persona, on the other hand, you have the will to live. And you will recover in time. Deeds <laughs> are the big, crazy, like, divine inspiration type points where you get to double your dice or re-roll all of them or that kind of thing. 
and uh, we're, we're going to have examples of this in play, so we're not going to worry too much about explaining them more than that. Uh, I'm going to give you three fate points and two persona points to start with, so you have some to spend and play with. Ah, I was wondering if you're going to be uh, kind to us or make us make us work for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to work for it later, but yeah. to learn what they do and how to use them, you need a few of them. Three fate and two persona. Okay. Yes. And that means deeds is zero? Yes. Now, to begin with, we're, I'm not going to start playing with all of the subsystems and the, the complex stuff, and you're probably not going to see the uh, use for uh, half of the things you have, but now they're there for the time that we need them. Hopefully, you'll we'll cover stuff like uh, testing your abilities, uh, checking out stuff like advancement, and helping and forking and stuff like that mm-hmm. this time. Uh, now, on pages 40, on page 41, there's a, a handy, handy little uh, table that just states the difficulty type of a test uh, in relation to how many dice you're rolling. And uh, that's something we're going to cover when we roll dice. And on the next page, you see how many, how many of each type of test you need to advance to the next you know, number. A lot of you have uh, skill exponents of three, for instance. Uh, and those require three routine tests, and either two difficult and or one challenging test to go to four. Uh, yes, in the words of Adam Five, I don't suppose I can do anything else to postpone or uh, <laughs> procrastinate. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump right in. So, Ulfgel, you are uh, situated outside of Dvalin Smithy uh, with your uh, sweetheart, Berglind. Uh, you're right there on the, the busy, dwarven, narrow, cobbled, cramped, loud street with, uh, you know, all the hawkers and, and um, craftsmen uh, doing their stuff. There's plenty of, of roaring and re-echoing all about you. It's a, it's a crazy din. Hammers falling, uh, animals from the surface brought down to be slaughtered, and so on. But Very romantic. Oh, sweetie, I need, I need uh, your father to make me some, uh, some, some light mail. We're going, I'm going on an adventure. We're going to score you deep. You know that, don't you? <laughs> yes, y- yeah, yes, sweetie. You told me yesterday. Do you remember? Oh, I know. Over that beer, or those beers? <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> And, and believe me, I support you. Uh, I hope that uh, he takes you seriously. But, you know, he, th- he does not like you very much since uh, he, he thinks you keep me away from the smithy. I mean, if he had his way, uh, he would chain me to the forge and I would do nothing but crank out armor for uh, the warrior types. Uh, I would have to find some way to convince him otherwise. I mean, there's more to life than black metal. Just ale. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, had his way chainer to the to the to the grist mill. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, yeah. Yeah, she gives you a kiss and and, and uh, tugs your beard and says, "Good luck." I, and uh, then she spits into her hands, rubs them together, and goes in to do her work. So yeah, I come walking up. Uh, do I see the, do I see the, the, the iron, the black master busy working? Sure, it's, it's sooty and, and, uh, 
fiery and hot and, uh, you know, sweaty little apprentices uh, run back and forth uh, with bits of mail and and uh, red-hot uh, uh, pieces of metal for axes and, yeah. and uh, daggers and so forth. Oh, yeah, the poor little um, bastard's apprentice in the corner. Busy putting the links together and and, 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 and riveting every link. Like, you can see 20 apprentices doing... Uh, anyway, it's a uh, it's a mess. It's sooty. It's uh, it's controlled chaos. Of course, in the midst you have a sooty, black bearded father of of Berglind shouting and um, slapping people's backs and so forth, egging them on as much with encouragement as fear. All right, well, I, I gird my loins and I walk up to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Oh, oh, you, it's it's just not the good start of the conversation. (laughs) Where did you take my Berglind uh, up to this time? I didn't see her at home for, well, well, late into the cycle or night or whatever they do underneath the mountain. Shift. (laughs) It's the what? Third shift. Shift, shift, yes. <laughs> oh, you know, I showed her the sights. I mean, you know, there, there was a bunch of new, uh, newly, newly, uh, new, newly, uh, 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 journeyed, uh, newly, newly graduated apprentices, so we were setting up their breweries. So we were busy tasting their, their wares. That better be all you tasted, or I'm going to give you a taste of my hammer. <sighs> no, sir. I would never take advantage of your daughter. Never take advantage of daughter. But why not? <laughs> because it wouldn't be right. Hey, damn right it wouldn't be right. But what, what do you mean to say she's not worth taking advantage of? I honor your daughter, sir. I would never, <laughs> never sully her in any way whatsoever. Maybe, maybe I, I uh, pick on the cheek, uh, holding the hands, you know. But uh, nothing more than that. <laughs> are you some? Of, are you? Are you one of them girly dwarfs? You're not one of them garly dwarfs, are you? I don't yeah. want a garly dwarf for a... For a uh, Black master, I've, I, I, I was a foot soldier. I fought in the last, in the last battles against the goblins. Spit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, garly dwarf. I have you. Fine. So uh, what do you want? Well, you know... Uh, you, okay, I guess... What's your... Uh, name, 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 name. You, you know of, of Prince Fandrel. And his, uh, and his, and his, uh, mission. Oh, I know Prince Vandal. Who doesn't know Prince Vandal? Who, who, who do you think ordered that armor? Prince Vandal. I. No. He no. is related to the prince. Anyway, what? I'm, I'm joining his, this band to go to Scoria Deep. Oh, good. Good on you, lad. That is, that, that is good news. That is, that is, <laughs> yes. Okay, so what do you need from me, though? Well, yeah, I have to understand. Um, you know, my, the, the armor I had when I was, when I was in the, in the foot, in, in the, uh, in the battle group, wherever the, the dwarven term is for, I don't know, they call it an army. Company. In, in the company, well, I had to give that back. You know, all I have is me, all I have is a, a shoddy, uh, hammer I, I, I got during battle. Uh, I had to give all my arms back. I have need of mail. Light mail. You were under Stonebrow's command, weren't you? He's a, he's a tight-fisted... Yes, what? You need armor. I, I need light mail. Oh, uh, you're in luck. I'm an armorer. 
Hey. Of course, I don't like you very much, so uh, I hope you weren't looking for anything fancy. No, just just light mail. It's something that, that you know will will stop an arrow from uh, from twenty from from twenty yards. Will stop an arrow from twenty yards. You'll have to. You'll need something uh, big and hefty and serious. But I can see that you're a little tiny girly dwarf, of course. So um, you wouldn't be able to take that, would you? What's <laughs> I'm looking at his will, perception, forte, agility, speed. Uh, I look like girly dwarfs, dance. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you have know, armor training. <laughs> I have no armor training. Let's see, what is my skills again? Oh, that's the wrong person. That's me. <laughs> I'm not a girly dwarf. Oh, that's not my sheet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I never. Yeah, I, I do have armor. I mean, you know. Well, you know, sir, I did, I did, uh, apprentice, I did, uh, a slight bit of apprentice under, uh, oh, uh, Snarl. I, I know how to make some armor myself, but I just don't have the equipment of time. I mean, uh, he is, he uh, does armor as a skill. Yes, armorer, but he doesn't have armor or armor training, right? That, uh, that's fine. It just means that you may not be uh, in the best position to put on a lot of armor, but light mail should be Kind of okay. Yeah, that's why I'm looking at something, you know, something simple. You know what? Give me an uh, obstacle five persuasion roll or anything like that. If you have oratory or coarse persuasion, or to convince him that you need a piece of armor for what you're doing. Let's see. Appraisal, observation, carving, grain, beer appraisal, nogger, miller, carpentry, grain wise, beer wise, armor. Ah. Blackmail artificer, but not very good blackmail artificer. Do you have uh, any social skills? <laughs> <laughs> I thought not. I thought brewing and augering are social skills. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, I don't have any uh, actually any uh, any uh, social skills. Then uh, you would. Have this explains to... your difficulty. <laughs> 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 it's amazing. I have to be. Betrothed, betrothed. It probably was arranged by my dad. That's probably why I have a betrothed. <laughs> okay. Uh, what you do then is you use a skill using beginner's luck, and that means you you roll for a stat. So give me a skill you would like to open. Uh, it could be. I mean, uh, what? How do you go about getting what you want? Is it uh, you know a reassuring kind of I would need this and then. Need, it's need a to... good idea. I'll take good care of it and all that. Or is it, uh, you know, it would be a good idea for you to give protection to your daughter's bow and all that. How how, how do you go about it? I'm definitely persuading him, convincing him that you know I need the armor because because I you know I'm up and my reputation is I'm up and coming nogger, a nogger. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna need to come, need the protection so I can come back and make sure that I complete complete my my. My life's path as, as a nogger and become a master nogger and therefore be able to provide, will provide handsomely for your daughter. <laughs> All right. You know, uh, why don't you open course persuasion? Uh, I think I would give you the best chance since those dice are open ended. So course persuasion. So, all right. So, uh, now how do I open? Uh, oh, well, course persuasion is a will based skill. So what you do is you roll your will stat. <laughs> Right, and what is your will? It's four. Yeah. Okay. Now that means that you have an aptitude of six to open this skill, course persuasion. You can write that down somewhere. If you have your sheet up, you can write it down on the skills being learned. 
right, skills being learned. Yeah, where's my skills being learned sheet? Oh, skills being learned. Here we go. All right, write down course persuasion. Aptitude six means you need to six routine tests, passed or failed, in order to open the skill and and create it as an entity on your sheet that advances on its own. So, just need to block out the uh, the, th- the three I don't need. Yes. And okay, and my base my base is going to be four then, right? Well, you don't have anything in it. Uh, base of my will, my will is four. Yes. Right now you're rolling four. Now, because it's beginner's luck, the obstacle five is doubled to ten. Oh. Now, I don't quite remember if if you haven't actually opened the skill, if it's open-ended, but uh, just to be generous, I'm going to let you do, have the open-ended thing anyway. All right. So right now you have four uh, dice, which are if you roll sixes on them, they you roll them again, and, and if you roll successes or sixes on them, you keep rolling. Okay, I'm looking at the uh, the advancement sheet and says, so a ten dice obstacle is routine is obstacle one to seven, difficult is eight to ten, and challenging is yeah, this, this would be a challenging test, yes. But it means it, eleven. Yeah. So I got basically you need eleven successes. Eleven successes? No, no, no. You need ten successes to succeed. Ah. This is the obstacle. You know, this is what you need. Ten. Okay. Uh, and 10 is a challenging test for you right now. Yeah. Um, now, you can wrangle stuff into it depending on how you go about, uh, this course persuasion. Um, if you would, you know, point out how the armor might help you, you could maybe fork in armorer. Okay. Um, if you have some other skill, like a wise or uh, anything else that you feel could work, then you can always let me know. Okay, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I think I, I think I can fork an armorer because I'll start pointing out the various things, that, you know, the various my knowledge my knowledge as an armorer, you know, from when I was mm-hmm. like, I got a feeling that when I was a foot soldier, I also was in quartermaster as well. <laughs> so uh, could, could he add dice for his relationship to to her? Uh, <laughs> no, bring in de- you know, bring in uh, details like oh, oh okay, just. <laughs> I'm grasping, trying to understand. Well, you know what? Uh, since you mentioned it, I'll uh, I'll certainly add. Uh, I'll give you an advantage die for uh, suggesting that you leave this place. <laughs> he likes that idea. Yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I, I can bring him by by putting you know, by make, mentioning you know the the finer points of male manufacture and 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 sure. you know, where. But also, I think I can fork in black metal artificer. And mentioned that what, what yeah I'm only two in it so I'm basically I'm still I, you would consider an apprentice and mm-hmm. it comes to that but you know pointing out the fire pointing noting of, of of tensile strength and forging and so forth all the different of the, of the links and you know that's that's that sort of thing so I think I'd be you're, the, you're uh, reassuring him that you know uh, you know armor inside and out and uh, the workings of the metal and and yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll be in good hands and so on. Oh, and so, so much forth. kibitzing can I can, can I jump in with? Go ahead if you have suggestions. Your skill in black metal and armor also allows you to identify why his work is so much better quality than what you can do. Oh, just flatter the man. That's a good point. Yeah, because I also have shrewd appraisal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why why not? Yeah. Of course, uh, shrewd appraisal. In that case, uh, you know, that is the process of finding every flaw in an item and then uh-huh. using it to lower the price. So in that case, you would, you would look at the flaws and then, then 
make sure not to mention them. <laughs> yes. I also have a praise The thing comes apart like a zipper, but you're not going to say. <laughs> well, I also have appraisal, too. I also have a regular appraisal. Is that, would that be better, or? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I will uh, look over here, you know, point out all the finer points of his, of, uh, of his, uh, wares and so forth, and, you know, and, and, and lamenting over the, the fact that I have such, I have such a poor hammer, you know, the, you know, it was made by, it was made by goblins, you know, it's, 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 it's serviceable, but it's nothing like this. Look at this. I, look at this. It's beautiful. It's perfectly balanced, and it fits your hand like it was made for it. Oh, that would put a dent in someone's head. So that puts me at five, eight, and then four, eight, puts me at 12 dice. Uh, what are you forking in specifically, and what are you doing to get them uh, specifically? Line Fra- them up for Phrasal, by looking at his, his current wares and, you know, and using my armor and my black metal artificer skills to really praise his work, pointing out how he's... That he's, he's a, such a great master, his work is unparalleled in Marl, yes. and that, uh, that I'm, I'm proud that I've been betrothed to his daughter, you know, cause I, it'd be, be marrying to such a fine family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that's a good or bad, but you know, and I'll be, and, but I know that his work would protect me well, uh, in, in Scoria D. Alright, alright, uh, that's two skills. Right. So I gotta get, uh, so I can get appraisal and, uh, armor in because of that. Uh, right now you have your four dice and then you added appraisal and armor. Is that it? Well, I also just gonna add in black metal artificer by pointing out the uh, intricacies and looking at his apprentices and commenting on how well they've been trained and, uh, I would, I would love to, if I had the time to spend, you know, to, to, a, to a, a part-time apprentice under him if I ever get a chance. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so that's three skills. Okay? You're forking in three things. Gives me a plus eight. Eight more dice then. Nope. 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 What are your skill levels in these three skills? Are they four or lower? Yes. Okay, then each of them add one die to your, your four. Which means right? seven then. Seven dice. Plus yeah. the dice you gave me, which is put me at eight. So yes. I need two more dice. Oh. Uh, well, right now, to make things simple, let's not make them open-ended. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works anyway. So you have eight dice, regular black dice. If there's anything else you can think of, add that. If you're good, then let the dice fly. And if you roll any sixes, then you can spend one fate point ah. uh, to explode them. And okay. then that carries over to every other six you roll subsequently. So, yeah. So I got eight dice, so so eight d six, right? What in the world is that? <laughs> I I have uh, I found on SourceForge a bot that will listen uh-huh. in on my Skype Ooh. chat, and if you do slash slash and then a die macro, it will echo it back. So I got two sixes. Oh, cool. So I got that's two very th- handy. Uh, okay. Yes. yes. So I got two sixes. So I can pine, and it's gonna look right now. So far I got one, two, three, four, five. Five out of eight, which is average successes. So I got five successes. Uh, so I'll spend those two fate points. I may regret this, but. One, one, one. You oh. always just spend one, and then all sixes, whether they're 
Ah. Right now, or if you roll another six and you explode that, that it counts as the same one fate. So I have down down to two fate. Gotcha. All and right. Please record that as a fate spent on your will stat. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, yep. Oh, thank you. And please record one uh, challenging test for uh, will. Two d six. Yes. Oh. Oh, that's another six. Yeah. So that's six successes, and you roll right. that six again. Yep, so I'll spend another fate. Should I spend another fate point for that? No, 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 no. It, one you fate. just have to spend one fate, and then every subsequent six, every six, and every subsequent six is re-rolled. One d six. This is very cool, by the way, Tom. No, oh. I didn't get it. So basically, I got, I got uh, six out of eleven. Out of ten. Out of ten. Six out of ten. So. <laughs> so you fail. Yeah. Yeah. He is clearly impressed with your breadth of knowledge, but unmoved by your uh, smarmy, yeah. uh, buttery stuff. So he puts his hand on your shoulder, looks, see, looks into your eyes with seriousness and says, You seem a good armor. I will give you a faulty piece of light uh, mail and you can fix it right here in my forge. How's that? Okay, sir. That sounds like a good... Uh, so, yeah, test me skills and see how well I can do it. And, presuming that uh, it does not uh, take away from Berglin's other duties, she may help you. <sighs> Woohoo! Thank you, sir. I will do you proud. <laughs> oh, you better do the work first. Aye, 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 aye. So, I guess like, my course persuasion gets one check mark as well, doesn't it? Nope. 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 Since uh, the test was challenging, not a routine test. Ah. But now you have it there because you keep want to keep using uh, course persuasion. Yep. Gotcha. Oh, wait. Right. So this, in this case, now I have armor and black metal artificer. So I'll be using my armor skill then, right? Let me check for um, black yeah. metal artificer. Yeah. Real quick, it wouldn't be an armor check normally or test. Armor, the specialized in dedicated craft, and he's used to manufacture personal protection worn by soldiers. So, yeah. armor would be, would be it. Yes, and that's going to be an obstacle two to fit it for you, and it's going to take you a day. And I'm going to give you a helping die from um, your Berglind if you wish. All right, so that would be two of uh, four dice then. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, be with the Guess real- what? What? Guess what uh, type of test that is? A routine? Yes. 46. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> it didn't translate it from the dwarvish. Well, it's a six. Yeah, I'm going to spend our faith point, aren't I? Because <laughs> <laughs> I want this armor, so yeah, I'm going to spend You have two more, so yeah. why not? I'll do something like uh, be brave or something to get another fate point, don't I? Alright, so I guess <laughs> so I put a fate point to my armor skill and we roll that damn D six. So the impression I get is that Ooh. successes do not pile up. You either get them all in one fell swoop or you don't get them at all. Uh yes. You uh, wow. if if it's if it's an obst- obstacle of four, you need four successes to get anything at all. Uh, there are certain skills that are more incremental, like, say, uh, command, Dirk's command skill. If he rolls any successes at all, those are removed from other people's hesitation if he's trying to galvanize people into action. Uh, so I only need, it was an obstacle three? Two. Two. Oh, now I got three successes. 
Well, congratulations. You make the necessary adjustments, and you now have a suit of uh, light mail adjusted to you. Well, it takes you a day's hard work, but uh, you get there. And I get a check mark on my... And you have all your fingers intact. (laughs) It's here for girlfriends with hammers. (laughs) I get to work with my betrothed, you know. She's a lovely lass. I mean, you know, she's got biceps like bisons. (laughs) (laughs) She can deadlift 200 pounds with one arm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still waiting for the hot and sweaty joke. (laughs) All right. So, Dave. (laughs) Dave. So, off the dirty, dirty. So, who's up next? I have pain for either of you. Both uh, of you. Dirk's been quiet. Let's give him some spotlight time. So, Dirk, Fandral. Yes. Yes. Uh, I presume you are in the process of uh, approaching your betrothed to uh, convince her of the uh, necessity of you going on a dangerous quest to this um, lost hold. Right. Sure. Okay, then I'm going to put you straight into, uh, say, the outskirts of her family's hall within the hold. And uh, the, um, what what do they call them? Um, Well, uh, you know, serving dwarves are taking your your particulars and and, uh, putting them away to safety, of course, except for the stuff that you desperately want to hold on to, if there's anything. And, well, Freya's father steps, uh, steps up and, and says hello, shakes your hand, uh, slaps your shoulder and smiles broadly in that dwarfy kind of way. And, um, goes, oh, well, and I heard about your, your, um, your ambition to retake the, the, the Scoria Deep's hold. Good, good on you, lad. That's, that's, uh, that's the kind of dwarven spirit we need around here with, with, with all the, the filthy humans and, and ponty elves try to boss us around. Eh? Yes, yes. The dwarves have been uh, too timid in the past. We should strike out and reclaim all our our former holds and glories. Here, here. I, uh, I would drink to it, but I don't have anything on me. So, um, I suppose you'll be, um, talking to my daughter about this then. Uh, yes, I think she's, uh, has some reservations, then. Well, don't they always? Um, yeah. Our mother is the same. But, well, um, you just have to promise them sweet things, and, uh, and uh, well, you know how it goes. Um, good luck. I believe she uh, she has some uh, challenges ahead for you, but uh, I, I swore not to tell you anything, so um, I'll just wait here and be a good father. All right. <clears throat> just my, uh, my beard and... Uh... <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so dwarfy. <laughs> yeah, that that you know, uh, I'm gonna give you a fate point for that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably need it. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you make your way to uh, her chambers then. And immediately upon reaching them, you notice that there are two brawny dwarven warriors standing outside in, in uh, most almost full armor, uh, looking somewhat uh, grim. And they're sort of whispering to each other when they see you approach, like, and they resume their positions. Hello, lads. Prince? What's Freya got you up to now? Oh, nothing. The usual. Guarding and keeping princes out. Oh, uh-huh. I mean, not me, of course, right? Uh, specifically you, uh, my prince. 
Something about not seeing you uh, until you see reason and let go your, uh, what was that you said, uh, uh, foolish uh, ambitions to something or other. Yes. Uh, mind you, these are not my words, but uh, the words of your betrothed, and I would not like to be chastised for um, speaking them in person. Don't worry, I'll, I'll go talk to her about it. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, my friends, that, there, there's the rub. Uh, we cannot let you in at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So the other one. What exactly were your orders? Uh, to stand here and make sure you do not get in until you, um, well, see reason and give up your foolish schemes. Yes, that was it. Mind you, I personally feel it's a it's a great idea, but you know how women are. Well, how about you escort me in and we'll talk to her? Well, that would be letting you in. Prince. Yes, but you'd be there, so only half count. <laughs> All right, that's an obstacle for persuade check. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to make it seem like it's an alright thing to do. <laughs> All right, so I've got uh, persuasion at five. Well, so got a couple. <laughs> Yeah. And that means, okay, no sixes, so there's nothing to actually spend on it. Um, it just means they're not as dumb as <laughs> you thought they were. <laughs> some of those smart dwarves, huh? Yes. <laughs> they usually don't get assigned to guard duty. <laughs> well, um, my prince, uh, that would perhaps not be... Uh, uh, a good course of action, but of course we are, um, we were ordered to stay put, so if you were to find, say, an alternate entrance, we, there wouldn't be anything we could possibly do about it. Right? Right. Stay here and do your duty. Yes. <laughs> what, what is the, the layout of the hold here? Uh, her hall, the hall with the, the various little sub-chambers and all that isn't all that complicated. Uh, there's probably a servant entrance you could get into. When he asked that question, was that an order? Oh, that's a good question. I just mentioned it because it's an instinct, right? That was a, that was a out of character. I, I didn't see the air quotes because it could have been so in character too. <laughs> oh, could you point me to where I can get in, you know, uh, where the servants' doors are, the servants' entrances. <laughs> she didn't say that they couldn't help. She just said they couldn't let him in. <laughs> if I already know the layout, and like, oh, I can oh. just go back through her uh, maid's quarters or something. You see, her her guards are do, you're working on plausible deniability. <laughs> I'm trying to help them. <laughs> you, you wouldn't happen to have inconspicuous, would you? I would happen to have conspicuous. Because <laughs> I'd say it would totally be an inconspicuous type test if you wanted to take the servant entrance unaccosted, un, uh, you know, if you if you didn't want to give her forewarning. But, I mean, you could, you I guess, if you're not concerned about that, you can just take the round away round and we don't have to roll anything. Yeah, I don't expect I'd be able to do that, so no. <laughs> it would be more like a... I think I'd have to roll my conspicuous to not be accosted. You know. well, that would be that would be to like I'm here. Uh, get out of my way. Go there. Open the door and uh, quick, quick. That would be the conspicuous thing. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're just going there, uh, that's fine. Uh, you find the 
alternate entrance and you slip uh, into the chamber from the servant entrance in that case. All right. I wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have tried to be inconspicuous at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're just doing your thing. I hear you. Okay. Hello, ladies. <laughs> going, going to see Freya. <laughs> <laughs> oh! You mean oh! <laughs> Uh, okay, well, there's a certain amount of noise, of course, but not undo so, untoodly, undo, well, anyway. Uh, you get in, and uh, there's Freya. She's playing with a set of uh, rune stones, sort of... Uh, She's casting your future. Actually, before the hearth. And she turns around, and she sees you, and, and looks kind of, uh, like, well, angered, but then realizing that she probably left something out... Uh, of her brilliant scheme, so it lessened somewhat. She says, well, okay, so you're here. Well, I'm, I'm not going to listen to you. That's, that's just it. Come on. You have no right whatever to leave your betrothed and go away and, and jeopardize the, the power alliance and, and the, the wealth and well power that our families will uh how's the word uh, uh rotor uh, make that <laughs> works i seek only i seek only to add to our family's wealth power in your neck on a fool's errand that that will not happen anyway i'm not ah, speaking to you what is it there is <laughs> no risk i there's maybe some maybe a few Scraggly orcs or something, there'll be no problem. I have no men anyway. And no support. I have plenty. Your father just uh, spoke of his encouragement. I, their men will flock to me. <laughs> My me. father does. My mother tells him to. She hasn't, hasn't allowed him to do anything of the sort. Do you know who keeps his purse strings? Uh, she does. And if he wants to spend anything, she, he goes to her. And, well... We are of a mind. Well, think of the purse strings you'll control once I've uh, added all the the treasures of Ascoria to it. Treasures? There's no, there are no treasures over there. There's ghosts. The nog recipes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've read the stories and uh, histories of Scoria. They're filled with treasures that were that <laughs> our people were forced to leave behind. Uh, well, uh, how about, uh, another persuasion role, and if you want to fork in ancient history, uh, or any other skill that you can think of in this case, to make your case. Oratory? Or, uh, I'll, I'll let you use oratory and fork in persuasion, because oratory is more about, you know, uh, stating the, the big thing, and being loud, which is more dwarfy. I've got oratory, I've got persuasion, I've got ancient history. Then go with oratory, and then you get to fork in persuasion and ancient history, and I presume both of those uh, are... Wait, persuasion is five, right? Correct. Then you get two dice from persuasion. Ancient history is what? Three. Okay, Okay. then one die. So three extra dice uh, onto your oratory, and it's going to be uh, the obstacle of her will, which is six. Does the relationship balance any of that out, where he can take advantage of the relationship? The relationship, anything like that. I mean, it's a field of her greed idiom. Um, yeah. 
not my day. Oh, which is something I forgot to do with you, but uh, we'll, we'll take it later. Let's see. That's one, one two successes, uh, and a whole lot of traitors. Did you have a six? Hey, Would you like to spend eight points on your oratory? All right. Reroll the six. Yes. If that's a six, you keep rolling. That's a six, you keep rolling. <laughs> you and my it's luck. Yeah, dance, but not going to be. Are you doomed, lad? Doomed. Oh. <laughs> I think her mind now, is made up before you started. <laughs> <laughs> now you are at least on the way to an author epiphany for an oratory. You state your case, and, and uh, you think she's initially impressed, but then, you know, her countenance darkens, and she raises her voice and calls in the guards. And they, you know, come huffing and puffing in, and clack, and uh, she goes, Men, dwarves, my betrothed will not see reason, so restrain him and lock him in the, the uh, you know, the uncomfy guest room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the uncomfy room. Uh, <laughs> until he does. And, uh, you know, they, they sort of, oh, yes, oh, yes, and sort of advance upon you with bare hands. My dear, what can I do to change your mind on this? My mind's made up, fool. And, uh, you know, she, you know, her hands are crossed beneath her breasts and, and, uh, you know, her nose is so far up into the air or, you know, where air would be, then, you know, clearly, she's not budging. <laughs> There's no hope for you, lad. <laughs> the guards are restraining you unless you, uh, resist. No, I'll just walk out with them. <laughs> just, that, 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 that one head, you know, shrug, you know, you know, you don't need to do that. No, orders. <laughs> we're taking you to the cramped guest room, and we're locking you in. All right, but give me the key afterwards, right? A key? Well, well, that would completely run counter to the lady's uh, purpose. She just told you to lock me in there. Didn't say I couldn't have the key. <laughs> <laughs> Logic! <laughs> it worked so well the last time. Uh, all right, well, uh, obstacle four persuasion again, that I guess. <laughs> get to exercise that persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. A six. And you explode. Throw another fate point at it to explode it. Hey, that actually oh. worked. As fate would have it. Roll it again. See what you get. Yeah. Is there any benefit for getting lots of successes, or uh, it, it doesn't matter now because you have the amount of successes you need. Uh, okay. If you say making a suit of mail, then certainly extra successes could be mm. allocated. Uh, you know, making it pretty. But for now, the nice. Give me two keys, right? <laughs> well, one of them grumbles and goes, well, uh, well, all right then. I uh, suppose she didn't mention anything about that, but you you can't tell them we d- gave you anything, okay? Yeah, of course not. Of course, you lads uh, want to come with me to my glorious adventure in reclaiming Scoria Deep. Oh, yeah, treasures and no, 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 we can't. We have duty here. Oh. But we would if we didn't. Well, you know... Uh, well, you just have to get them fired for helping you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or convince Papa that, you know, that, that these guys would be, uh, you know, I mean, they follow orders really well. Anyway, they, they, Prince, they show of Prince Father would probably be happy to give you relief from your duties <laughs> on this noble adventure. Well, we'll, we'll give it some thought. Uh, and if you get out, um, 
Well, we we can always meet up at the uh, well, one of the noggeries or some such later. All right, I'll see you there then. Okay, they make a show of, sho- of shoving you into the, the the uncomfy little guest room, and they lock the door behind you after giving you the key. <laughs> and uh, well, he can lock the door himself. <laughs> <laughs> close the door and then it locks from the inside <laughs> it's one of them dwarven doors <laughs> alright you can go now lads doors <laughs> lock securely <laughs> that's where we're going to leave you for today <laughs> I'd love to introduce poor Flint <laughs> ah poor All Flint right. we knew him well <laughs> so Flint, you you are pacing maybe in the uh, antechamber for the uh, Greybeard's Hall in this uh, hold of Marl. You know the roof is very tall, the uh, ceiling is very tall, uh, but the the chamber itself is fairly narrow, so it has a kind of claustrophobic element to it. It's very quiet. On one side, there's the there are the the two tall black the double doors leading into the interior of the hall and and on the other end you know it, there's a tiny door that leads out into the the hold proper and yeah you're you're awaiting your grandfather uh, who supposedly uh, or rather he is making introductions you while you have an affiliation with these guys you you've been here before or or um have had dealings with them you're not actually part of the obviously <laughs> the longbeard elder Brotherhood. I'm sure that I've ran plenty of messages to and from the uh, elders in the past. That is highly possible. That is indeed. Oh, you're an errand boy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Word bearer, kind of runner slash herald. <laughs> yep. So his name was Flint. <laughs> One of the double door cracks open and immediately, uh, Noise spills out with um, the golden glow of, of uh, hearth fires and, uh, you know, the, the glad abandon of elderly dwarves uh, doing what they do best. And uh, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Loud! <laughs> and your grandfather pokes out and says, um, all right, grandson, um, it is it is time. Welcome in. Well, I, I walk in with my comfortable uh, swagger. Ah. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, just, these guys are like three, four, five times as old as I am. <laughs> so, maybe even six or seven times as old as you. Are. Uh, so I, I basically walk in like I'm the favored son because, well. I'm I'm a quirky and likable kind of guy. Yeah, you're oddly likable that way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, here's that bastard again. <laughs> but he's got quick feet. <laughs> okay, so um, your grandfather leads you off uh, and uh, takes you before the, the eldest of the elders, the really long beards. And, uh, you know, they're all looking up from their, their various steins and, and uh, flagons, slurping their gruel. Yes, your grandfather introduces you and, and um, says that my, my grandson has a matter of some import to um, bring before us. And uh, I believe it is something we should hear. Well, we should hear him out. And, um, well, I'll, I'll leave it to my grandson. There you go. Good luck, Fleet. Well, uh... 
Flint makes a uh, impassioned speech to to the uh, Longbeards, expressing how uh, Scoria Deep is a stain on our pride, and that it is a wound that is festering that we must put in its place before it spreads the moral. And in, instead of trying to be all sweetness and light, he's going for the, this is a creeping fear in the dark that we must put down. So he, <laughs> he wants to play upon their fear and their level of comfort. Yes, it's like they have a good here in moral. Well, what happens if... What the, befell. What befell. Thank you. Very good word. Before <laughs> you deep comes here. So since I don't have persuasion, I'm going to be basically angling intimidation and uh, throwing in a little bit of clan history about uh, the clans that have fallen uh, in the past. And they all remember at least somebody that was a member of one of these clans try to play upon their fears, and that's why they need to support Fandral and uh, squelch Scoria Deep before its corruption spreads. All right. One one uh, elder in particular, uh, an equally quirky dwarf um, called the Dune the Silent, who is anything but, is particularly vehemently against this and makes no... You know, he doesn't hide it at all. He, he feels all like you're going to do is stir up trouble. Yes, and a moronic idea, and and uh, and uh, with with the iron girdle enfeebled, and and uh, and Prince Dolum slain on the field, we have no true prince other than Fandral, and if we let him go, well, then we can just as well let Marl go. It's a terrible idea. And he he smashes his his stein into the into the board, you know, to make emphasis. And I'm sh- okay. <laughs> I, I, no, go ahead. Was, and that's exactly what the Longbeards of Scoria Deep said. <laughs> <laughs> so so to sh- to switch things up a little, let's make this a versus test. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Uh, so. You take your intimidation and your forking what into it, did you say? Uh, well, clan history, hmm, trying to see if there's anything else that might be appropriate. Well, I do have rumor-wise. Uh, is there any oh. particular nasty, uh, scary rumors that uh, I could leverage? Do you have falsehood? Of course not. I'm an honorable you could, Okay, then you won't be able to effectively lie about <laughs> Well, there might be some actual rumors, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just curious, because then you could use both. But, um, well, I also right, have yes. hold-wise. Well, no, that's for this hold. That's not for score. Yeah. Well, it's holds in general, but particularly this, yeah. I also don't tell Freya about those nasty rumors. I do have a little bit, <laughs> I do, I do have a little bit of command, though. I, I'm not sure if that's applicable or not in expressing my competence. Hmm? You have the skill command? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then you could certainly fork that into convey, uh, a, you know, conviction and uh, ability to actually take on whatever fears and, and stuff lurks over there. Sure. So uh, that gives me uh, int- intimidation B3 plus the two that I'm forking in. So that gives me five dice. Dune the Silent, who is a but, uh, will use his Stentorious Debate at four to oppose you. Now, Stentorious Debate is, is a dwarven skill, and it's open-ended by default, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know what the obstacle is yet uh, for you, right? Okay. You need to beat him, though. So let's have a roll-off. I'm going to use Physical Dice and let you know what I roll. 
Okay, and I have two traitors, traitors ones and a traitors three and a lovely six, with some which I'm going to re-roll. And that is another six, so that's two successes. And a third six, that's three successes. Uh, <laughs> crap! <laughs> you got six? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm uh, not going to... There's no way it. I'm going to roll four more sixes to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has five, right? And you have three successes and a six. So you need two more. Stranger things have happened. Oh, what the hey. That's why you gave us the uh, fate points to burn. Yes. Yep. Okay. I, I just rolled four sixes in, in succession. <laughs> which, which means you've used them all up. Thanks. <laughs> and I roll a one. Oh. I, I am totally floored by... Uh, Snooky or no, uh, Dooney's, uh, Snooky debate. And, <laughs> and I realize he's been planning this. This, this wasn't something off the cuff. This is something oh. that he's been up to. Mm. <laughs> he's conniving. Well, that's why uh, he's a long beard. So here's, here's, uh, how it shakes out. You don't meet the obstacle. Uh, so you, you fail, in fact. But, uh, I, I'm, Tempted to give you some kind of compromise because a straight failure shouldn't happen. <laughs> no, there should be some way for you to, you know, for the story to continue, so to speak. It isn't that Dooney's arguments are very good. He's just louder than you are. And because he's your <laughs> elder, uh, the other dwarves sort of look to him. They notice him more. And so he tends to get more nods and murmurs and, and, uh, and eyes than you do. So it seems like he is, uh, the one with the better argument, even though that obviously it isn't so. And certain dwarves have caught this, but the majority are still against it. And being victorious, Dooney stands up and he raises his, his stein and he drains it and he calls out, and if that no good prince Fandral dares to leave the hold before I, Dooney the Silent Sesso, I will have him quartered. So I swear. And so I get in his face. <laughs> and Fandral says, he is a prince of the land, and you do not disrespect him in in that manner. So you have gone too far, old man, and I just blow up in his face. Yo, dude, you don't diss the prince. <laughs> that too. And uh, I guess that falls under a belief or whatever. Uh, well, you certainly you're acting according to your belief. That is that is. Absolutely correct, and we're going to uh, cover that in a moment. But you, for for the present, your grandfather takes your arm and goes, "No, no, 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 no! You, you can't anger them like this. Bad idea, bad idea." Because I respect my grandfather, I'll let him drag me away. But because of my character, it, it, it's like dragging heels, uh, pulling the barking dog away. And it's it's made worse by the rest of the by a lot of the dwarves, uh, you know, hailing Dooney as as the as some kind of uh, you know great orator and and I the little rascal Fandral and you know all that. <laughs> so your grandfather takes you away to a cor- corner and and uh, he says, "Well, <clears throat> uh, I, I spotted several faces who might be able to influence their decision in the future if we could." Assemble them and have a moot in person privately. We could maybe influence them to influence others. What do you say about that? Uh, 
just, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I was not eloquent uh, in front of the long beards. Uh, eloquent? You weren't loud enough, son. You have to be louder. <laughs> Those were some excellent points. <laughs> you're just, you're just lucky that some of us don't hear so well. Huh. Uh, do you think if I bring Fandral down here that he could influence them? He is a powerful motivator of men. Uh, I say, uh, bring Fandral to the the little moot first, and uh, if if we uh, gain some ground there, we can take him to the big, uh, you know, here again, and maybe with his with his support and the support of the others, we can sway the entire Longbeard congregation, or you know, okay. the word <laughs> congregation, Ariel. Just to make it convenient and fun. Uh, I'm going to suggest that we have a moot at the uh, Color Animal Inn, which is the same location where uh, Fandral is going to meet with those guards. And that's where I'm taking Berglund after we finish working on the on the mail. The black tunnel rat. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. All right. But for now, mm-hmm. uh, I thought we'd have a little uh, Arthur Rewards session ah. before we say bye-bye for today. I think all of you went for your beliefs this time, and yeah. I, I I did try to focus, you know, one scene, one belief mm-hmm. uh, to get you going. So that's at least one fate point each for doing, you know, uh, for going for your beliefs. So when you fail a test like that intimidation and it's a contested deal, d- does that add to your uh, learning of that skill? Fantastic, I forgot that. Good point. It was uh, an obstacle five, since he rolled a five, for your intimidation skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had what? Two? I had five dice. I have a B3. Five dice, okay. So uh, that would be a, what, is that a challenging test? Oh, there's a magic I, chart somewhere around it's here. It's a difficult test. Oh. So you get to log a difficult test for uh, intimidation. Mm-hmm. And if you, you spent one fate, right? Yes. Did you record that? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> After intimidation, I can write one difficult yeah. plus one fate. Yeah, this is where putting it on the, in the character on the written and the printed character sheet comes in handy because they had little check boxes for this stuff. Did we take advancement? Did we cover advancement for you, Dirk? No, I don't. We didn't, did we? You made a persuasion test at difficulty at obstacle six. And do you remember how many dice you rolled? You forked in ancient history and something else, right? And uh, oratory. Yeah, in the oratory. chat log, we have and eight pers- dice. No, wait, you had oratory, and then it was uh, persuasion and ancient history, correct? Yeah. So that's seven dice versus six, which is a difficult test. So you get to log a difficult test for, for uh, oratory. Eight. You had eight dice. Okay, same thing. Difficult test oratory. And then he uh, convinced him to give him the key, which was... Was that just uh, role-playing, or was that just... No, uh, those were actually different tests. Those were two... For those, you rolled your five, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so two difficult tests for um, persuasion. And you can all mark somehow that you have spent fate in the pursuit of the belief I just, you know, let you um, yeah. go for. Yeah, I got my marked. Uh, I got. I marked the uh, my will... It has a one fake point sped to it, and I have uh, one point and one check mark is challenging for Will for doing that oh, that, that, that luck roll, the uh, lucky break roll, or whatever it was. Beginner's luck. Beginner's <laughs> luck. And I got a routine check mark for my um, 
uh, armor skill and one fate point for that as well. Fantastic. So, as long as Fandral blazes a path for Dwarven glory, he has my axe. That was the uh, belief that I was operating under. Uh, That was uh, something you worked, certainly, but it was something you worked toward. It was rather, I would get the long beard. Oh, for support for Fandral. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe I should have stated that before. I'll do that next time. Like I said, this is still burning train wheels. Yes. <laughs> All right, let me roll off the, the rest of the Arthur Awards so we can get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You went for your beliefs. I believe that. Uh, you certainly achieved your uh, getting armor. Yep. I mean, you had to fix it out, but uh, you got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is a personal goal. Achieved. You get a persona point. Ooh. Goody. And I take that one off the sheet and come with a new one, right? Did you spend any fate or anything on that belief? No, I didn't. No, okay. Then it doesn't really matter. Then you, yes, you can strike it and come up with a new belief. I'll do that later. Let's see. Anything else? Humor. I awarded a humor fate point to Dirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, alas, poor John was away. Yeah. Um... Really, the rest are... You know what? I feel like you all had embodiment. Now, when a player captures them with the table perfectly and for the rest of the story, all but one personal points is awarded. You know, great speeches, desperate decisions, all that. So we get another... So basically get another personal point. Okay. Yes. Uh, now, because I kept you separate, there's no real point in voting for Workhorse or MVP. Yeah. Uh, since, uh, you know, you had no chance or no opportunity to help each other, uh, other than out of character stuff. So, now, we'll, skip, we'll skip that. However, I'm looking at, n- well, not, neither me or, or, or Dirk's character, but Flint was working, was he, was he working toward the greater good with his stuff? Well, that's certainly debatable. If you actually <laughs> achieve something, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, accomplishing goals bigger than you. So yeah, he he got stomped on. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. I missed a few names when I was taking random NPC notes. So mm-hmm. if, if if either of the other players have a a better memory of names of fathers and stuff like that, I suggest. I didn't. Throw it. I don't think I introduced the dad, but he would be Orm. Orm. Uh, the father of a <laughs> bride. Yeah, and uh, and all the names that we used for my character were actually on my sheet already. Okay, well, I didn't know. I, I, I think it's always uh, good that, to have continuity in uh, NPCs. Yes. That's much appreciated. Because I definitely want that cheapskate stone brow to show up again. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't say anything across the mics. As soon as that came up, I had a face, I had a backstory, I had, <laughs> I had war stories of how he almost imperiled missions because he's such a cheapskate, but at the same time, the greedy dwarves like that he does things on a budget. <laughs> I guess I'm terrible that way. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned anyone else, personally. Thank you, Doki. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank oh, you thank for you today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Bye-bye. We're gonna march all day, all day, all day. Oh, well, there's a whip, there's a way. Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Yeah, can you? And Luron.
<laughs> That's so delightfully American. <laughs> Candler on. Candler <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, it's like the something dies inside me every time I hear someone go, "Oh, it's Conan." <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> A, wor- a word bearer, banner bearer, axe bearer. You've been bearing a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> Some would say that I'm almost unbearable. <laughs> well, it's your burden to bear. It's the tag where I mentioned you can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com, find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.